sitcom track where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. I'm your host, Tim Lifeite. I'm Martha. I'm Hannah. And we are here to conclude the epic, epic trilogy of Edgar Wright's Three Flavors Cornetto trilogy. And this actually happens to be, we're, we're recording this act, um, on St. Patrick's Day, which is kind of ironic because this is my St. Patrick's Day um, movie. Like, uh, every year, uh, like I know a lot of people go for, like, the Boondocks or Leprechaun or some other shit. To me, this is, like, the ultimate drinking movie. So we don't even care that it's not Irish. Yeah, I don't care. Just like, like how I watch Great Not White North on a 4th of July. Yes. It's <laughs> to see how many pubs you can make it through before the end of the film. Yes. Oh, that's, well, I mean, Hannah. There I is a drinking game. There is a do. very big drinking game that um, uh, at least Hannah here has uh, has talked about. So why don't you share with I've her. I've only made it to the beehive before you say <laughs> anything. But basically, the drinking game is every time they hit a pub, uh, you grab a bottle of beer and finish it off. Yeah. Or a shot if you're feeling brave. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, if you're playing, like, the role of Andy, you just down five shots in a row. Down five shots. That's how this guy got sick. Like... Yes. Yes, it did. That that was me last St. Patrick's Day. That was, the, that was the first real time that I actually got really sick and hung over, but... Um, but now it's just gonna be, you know, some... Just a couple of light things and nothing... Nothing too ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or you could just have a very strong mixed drink that is the equivalent of five shots and see where the night takes you. That's... I tried to figure out, and I want the comments of the audience to help me, like, figure out what to do with this. I've been trying to think of a shot for each pub. Yes. Like, I wanted, a, like, a red-headed slut for the mermaid. Mm-hmm. Something on fire for the world's end. Some, yes. Something... something. Whatever it is, you have to light it on fire for the shot for the, that represents the There's world's end. There's this one bourbon drink that I've had. Like that, It involves like a dark bourbon cherry, some other thing mixed with bourbon, and you light it on fire before you drink was it. Was that at Goodfellas? Or... Yeah. Wise Guys. Good. Yeah, it was Wise Guys. Right and on. From something oh. with the blue curacao for the cross hands, because they, they're the blue bloods. And then what about the twins? Like, that has to be, like, a shot and a chaser. Oh, yeah. yeah like, a double, yeah, yeah, or oh, a double even, even just, like, a double shot would have been if, nice. If you drop them both into something at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Or an Irish car bomb. <laughs> I can't do Irish car bombs. Yeah, with their... I... Oh, my God. That is... It doesn't matter if I've had ten drinks. It doesn't matter if I have one drink. If you give me an Irish car bomb, I'm puking. Because and she's done for the night. You put milk kind of... and acid. This just doesn't... Isn't it kind of the same, like, in the same family of, like, a Jaeger bomb? Yeah, but, like, th- there's Baileys in it, and the Baileys curdles with what you mix it with, the whiskey, I think, and that, so when you swallow it, it's curdled. So it's and... like orange juice and milk. Right. You know? Or orange juice and toothpaste. No, that doesn't work. No, that's, that's, you brush your teeth, and then orange juice tastes like shit. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Well, yeah, well, the thing about uh, The World's End, you know, the movie, instead of... <laughs> Before we start sounding like a podcast. Uh, oh, and for all you podcast listeners out there, um, if you don't really want to hit listen to us bullshit, uh, in the com- in the description below, there's actually a sync button where you can just skip our bullshit and go, jump straight into the movie. And uh, n- and fair warning to like newcomers, if you have not seen The World's End, uh, please do so because the like just the general t- uh, thing of our show is if you haven't seen a movie we're doing. We really recommend you see it. And in this case, I strongly, strongly recommend it. We're going to spoil everything in the first five minutes. Everything. We're going to talk about the entire plot. And As is the nature of Edgar Wright films. Absolutely. And well, the thing is, like, I usually like to, in the case of Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, 
I usually like to, you know, tell people what they're about and some of the jokes and whatnot. For the world's end, I don't like to tell them shit. Because all I tell them is that it's about five guys returning to their high school hometown um, to go on a pub crawl and everything goes wrong. I don't say anything else. Because when the big reveal happens, you know, at the certain turning point in the movie happens, that's when they get surprised. Because I actually remember watching this movie completely blind. Um, and when, you know, the kid's head snapped off and we find out, you know, the robots, spoilers, the robots have taken over and a parody, uh, like a cheap pair, like or a uh, uh, inspired knockoff of um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Are they robots or robots? What well, we will get there. That's a Tina Belch. <laughs> <laughs> Blinks actually comes from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Did you know yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, as soon as I watch that, I'm like, oh, my lord, this is amazing. Because, like, I, I, I was com caught completely off guard. And I really like to see, you know, I just like to tell people what the the very basic premise without any mention of the aliens or whatever and watch their heads turn when that head comes off. Because it's almost like in Shaun of the Dead, the zombies don't really come into the main characters' lives until way later on. But you have you know, the title of the film. You have an expectation. And you have, like, all this stuff going on. So imagine if there were no newscasts, the title was just A Day in the Life of Sean. Yeah. And zombies just showed up, like, when Mary came in. That was the first time you as the audience knew that she was a zombie was when she started. <laughs> Pretty much by fuck? by all definition, like, the first two, you can, you can, like, tell all that stuff. But if you, like, leave out the aliens for the world's end, it becomes so much more of an impact. Oh, yeah. You know? Because, like, you could, when, seriously, I, I was, like, freaking out. Like, what the hell is going on? And that's, that's why, to this day, uh, The World's End, uh, also because of all the fond memories of St. Patrick's Day and drinking to this, mm -hmm. is why it's my favorite of the three. I also think it's super underrated. I think everyone's seen the other two. If you oh, haven't yeah. seen this one, um, you, you got to, because... Like, I, I feel like the trailer didn't do it justice. Mm -hmm. The trailer made it look like a shitty version of The Hangover. In people well, check. It's funny that people would mistake it for The Hangover because it's not about the night after you drink. It's about <laughs> what you did during the night you're drinking. I get, like, uh, well, it was mostly because they had the drink, 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 drink song. Drink. It was just like, oh, come on, dude. And plus, like I said, if they had stayed away from any mention of the aliens whatsoever they would have made it would have gotten such a much stronger reaction you know if they had done like whiskey bar as the song for the trailer that would have been perfect yeah because that's actually in this in the movie mm -hmm. and to you know to really funny effect because edgar wright's needle drops are impeccable i think only scorsese does it better i and i think this one is one of the best synced scenes Mm -hmm. This is very, very <laughs> yes. prelude to Baby Driver type. Oh, dude! Like all, oh, really? yeah, we, we need to do Baby Driver. We should do, do Baby yeah. Driver sometime down the line, just because it's it, just the sheer craft in Edgar Wright's uh, editing and music to, and the way he just uh, shoots everything. It's so disciplined, you know. Like that, that, I really wish there were more people who were doing, you know, tightly written um, and well structured action pieces as <laughs> Edgar Wright. I know the style of filmmaking is completely different than Edgar Wright's, but the same very tight storytelling that we keep talking about, like I think, is very resonates very strongly with like um, Wesley Anderson. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yes. Like I love all his storylines. Um, 
Moonrise Kingdom, the Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. Is, is, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what, uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Like, a lot of his Grand Budapest. Are... Yes. We exactly. have Life Aquatic on DVD. We own it. We have a poster yeah, of it about him. <laughs> Fucking Life Aquatic, one of my favorite movies of all and time. And don't forget yeah. Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> yes. Royal Tenenbaums is actually one of the few that I've actually seen. Yeah. It's one of the few that I haven't seen. Oh, really? How about uh, that? I base a lot of my film, like, watching um, on whether or not things are available for free at Netflix or the library or whatever, <laughs> so that one yeah. I just have it. Um, yeah, it's good shit. All right, we should start. Yeah, we should I'm start. Before I'm done with my first beer. Yeah, like um, Finishing but, your popcorn in the credits. Well, but before we do, I just actually want to hear, like, your initial thoughts on World's End, like, when you, your first encounters with this, your first close encounters with it per se <laughs> my first reaction was fuck there's a third one i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> this was actually the first coronado trilogy i ever saw and i remember seeing the blue paint go all over the bathroom <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck like what the fuck does wtf mean <laughs> yeah what the fuck oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is going on because it starts out in one direction and completely takes you in another direction and I think Hot Fuzz does that really well as well but Hot like Fuzz. I don't see it as much as, as in Shaun of the Dead so like, I think these two are those two are my two favorite movies because they do that like they start off one way and then they spin your head around like, yeah minutes into the movie like they did to that kid <laughs> that's right oh, well he was a blank whatever <laughs> um yeah because like because you mentioned uh that's actually a really good way of putting it because you know hot fuzz starts out as like your classic horror mystery but when you actually get to see the motivation it's completely lopsided and and even more insanely childish you know well just like 20 minutes into hot fuzz i mean that's when like all the murders start happening before like they were leading you down this path that is like oh just a big city cop having to adjust to a small town and takes everything way too seriously which is comedic in of itself but then like nope there's a murder is on the loose <laughs> with, yeah, with the exception of Sean and there are lots of blood <laughs> the other two movies would work without the twist i i, I feel like i could watch nick and wait danny yeah. I, I See, you I, made I that. Ma Nick and Nick. You made that. I made that well, same mistake last podcast. <laughs> well, they are neck and neck, Nick and Nick, whatever. Too many Nicks. That's what it is. That sounds like something Simon Skinner would say. Is like too many Nicks. You better watch your Nick. <laughs> and then he'd drive off and he'd play like don't fear the reaper or some shit <laughs> all right so i think it's ready to start the movie because uh, we've had already had a bit of a pre-game drinking thing yeah. we are not going to do the actual drinking thing because um last time we did it we almost died yeah seriously yeah. We do not encourage it but Oh, it's super fun. If you do still want a theme drink, I feel like Findemond, like their label, yeah. looks oh. just like... Any of you com or listeners out there, please get, comment us on themed drinks for each of the pubs. Like, if you know the, all uh, the pubs by heart, please let us write, these, write them down accordingly so we can do this. Because we've been pitching ideas for ages Whether trying to get it right. Whether it's a cocktail or like a flight of beers. Like, don't they have like that... that flying dog or like whatever flying bitch like beer brewery mm -hmm. I think it's so. the one that's got all the oh we license sponsors <laughs> the one illustrator does all the labels i think it's called flying bitch that can be they, they have a two-headed dog for sure 
Finnemond. Uh, eh, well, either way. I don't know any beers with cocks on them. I don't know with a cock on it, but... Or, or maybe just some kind of chicken reference. I don't know. But either way, I think it's ready to start the, bo- the movie. So for you cats listening, just like... I uh, uh, hope you got the movie set up, because so, we are about to press play right now. And there it is. And this is actually part of the song, by the way. Oh, yeah. I noticed that at the, the end song at the 13th bar. Mm-hmm. Is I thought it was two different songs spliced together, but he just picked a Sisters of Mercy song that had like a, like a tonal change. In the yeah, well, I mean, it starts out with that choir, the choir, and then it comes like crashing down immediately. Um, but that's just like a testament to how good Edgar Wright's um, needle drop is. I wonder if we should talk too much over this part because I wonder how many people have seen it only once. Yeah. Twice yet. Um, like yeah, like I said, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, all three of them have incredible amounts of rewatchability, and because all these tiny, itty bitty, teeny weeny details come back over it, um, and that's that's the kind of the genius of this movie, which is one of the reasons why it's well, my favorite, is because. This this whole sequence here tells you exactly what's going to happen in the movie. Yeah, the first five minutes, and that's why it's so long. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I did feel like it went on a little long, but the second time I watched it, I was like, oh no! Yeah, every like... Every plot point, every character that you see come back as an older person, Mm-hmm. you know, that is all shown here. Yep, that's, that's really the ingenious part of this, is everything in here comes back and how it literally spells out the exact plot of the movie like beat for beat for beat it tells you what's going to happen but it's going to completely subvert itself once the aliens come in and that's what makes that ingenious because this movie has the balls to tell you literally everything that's going to happen and then all of a sudden it's just going to uh turn it on your head and you to the point where you're still surprised and eager to go what up Oh, and by the way, if you look back there, you see the, the winter's, winter's tail. tail. Yeah. yeah. And I also love how it's, like, the poster in the background is what I want to do with my life. Oh. Like, that that's just really great tongue-in-cheek. And I love this whole area. Like, I need to get that map. Oh, yeah, great map. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Oh. So, then we have the first post, the famous cock, the cross hands, the kid companions, the trusty servant, the two-headed dog, the mermaid, the beehive, the king's head, the hole in the wall, all oh, oh, reaching, reaching our destiny, destiny the world's end. end. The world's oh, end. yeah. Yep. Oh my god. Oh, geez, that car. And, <laughs> and then I love how um the pubs almost serve as chapter titles in a way. Yeah, they kind of do. You literally could do almost like a... Uh, you know how Quentin Tarantino did like chapter titles for uh, um, uh, *Inglorious Bastards*. Oh yeah, he does you could, that with a lot of his movies. Yeah, he does that, but you could easily do that for like each of these pubs because mm-hmm. they're each like a bit of a chapter. Oh man, what now? Now I would love to read a novelization of this. Oh, <laughs> or better yet, a comic book. Ooh, Ooh, even I mean, better. Yeah, I like to see someone just have so much fun with the color. Yeah, I was about to say, because, like, this movie is already so freaking visual. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to do as a literary thing. But either way, that just the way it's structured is wonderful. <laughs> I love when that comes back. And then, oh, right there is the keep off the grass sign that we see in all three of them. I actually, you know, it was um, when we were watching Shaun of the Dead that I realized that that was actually a recurring thing. It was so, the keep off the grass? Yes. So we had it, uh, you know, outside of the smokehouse here, outside Liz's apartment in Shaun of the Dead, and in uh, Hot Fuzz, it's when he's chasing 
uh, the suspect uh, who you know killed that lady in the uh, the, the the garden when shop. The shooting star. Oh yeah, the shooting star that totally Flying sets above. that totally sets it up later. Like even these little itty bitty. Because it was that night. Yeah. It was that night that it they was that night. And uh, oh look, sitting next to Simon Pegg is Bloody Mary. Oh. From Shaun of the Dead. Uh, yeah, I love. Are these uh, like zombie rehabilitations or something? It might as oh, well be. Are in rehab. Well, it I might as well be. I wonder if anybody else is recurring. I could see Yellow Shirt Guy. I think so. Like he might have been. I, he I, Cocker. Po- possibly, <laughs> like, because I know that he likes to use some of these like background characters and reuse them. Because let's face it, there's only twelve actors and actresses in all of Britain, <laughs> and this is my favorite song in the entire one. Loaded. <laughs> I love this bit. Um, by the way, do you know what the uh, the audio for the uh, the start of that song is from? What? It's from uh, uh, a uh, film called The Wild Angels, starring Peter Honda back in the day. And I've actually seen it just because this song pointed me in the direction of that film. Um, it's hard to watch because you're spending a lot of time with basically this neo-Nazi um, biker gang that just wants to party. Yeah. In the in like the late sixties, and it, they're just like the most awful people. And there's no and and there's no real ending. You just you drop in there, you have a funeral for a friend that is grossly inappropriate, and then the movie ends. I shit you not. Like it, it was like a really like awkward and depressing movie. So, oh, I love his uh paper. Yes, the, the tells you a lot about. The situation was only there for like a hot second. Yep, that's that's. And I like how Gary King has the IKEA lamp. That yes. I oh, I own that lamp. <laughs> Everyone has that lamp. Because Gary King is secretly twenty. <laughs> <laughs> He's secretly seventeen. <laughs> um, he will always be seventeen. Uh, and I also really love the screen direction and how everything freaking moves. And um, and even and I also love how they even use the the dialogue bits or the dialogue samples in that song to become dialogue. Like they do that a lot. Like, you know, I can, I want to be free to do what I I want want any old time. time. Like that's, that's straight out of the song. I'm free. Um, which was originally, I believe that was originally recorded by the Rolling Stones. I could be wrong, but soup dragons played in here. But, uh, yeah, again, (laughs) watching the, the dialogue, it's just always fantastic. (laughs) Twice, can you fuck machine? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm trying to think if uh, oh god, I I forget the actor's name. Um, uh, who plays uh, uh Peter? He was um, in Deadpool too. Yes, he was. Um, That's in a very in a very awkward shoot guy. suit. But um, oh god, what, what um, I'm trying to think uh if he's been in any other. Of the other Cornetto trilogy, because I know... No, I don't think he has. I know Martin Freeman has, and this is the first time we get to see Martin the, Freeman yeah, do a really big role. Yeah, and the actor playing um, uh, uh, Steve, mm-hmm. he was also in Hot Fuzz. So yeah, he of, was one of the Andes. One of the Andes. <laughs> He's a lot more likable here. Yeah, yeah Much more likable. As an Andy. As an Andy. No, he isn't Andy. He's Stevie Prince. Oh, yes, yeah. he's Stevie Prince. There is, a, is Andy. there is an Andy in here. Um, oh, That's it, why it, I think I went back mm-hmm. in Shaun of the Dead to see if anybody was named Andy. Oh, see, so that <laughs> name kind of crosses completely over? Yes. It's too bad there isn't a Nicholas in here. Uh, oh, you know what? I wonder if uh, Nicholas, uh, Nick Angel, the music supervisor, 
for the first two. I wonder if he returns. I think he does. I'm pretty sure he does, because he se- if he seems uh, nice enough to be <laughs> named after for a character, like the main character, then he, he should be uh, coming back. I love how Gary King just does not give a fuck. No, he does not. I love him. Um, not to mention I really dig his style. Oh, like, yeah. he's just... The black trench coat and the band t-shirt, the double necklaces. He's got a good style, but he's obviously too old to be wearing it. Way too old. You know, there is one thing that I wonder. How is the, how are the, his, like, that, that t-shirt not completely faded? Did or he just, just go apart? on Amazon and buy an exact replica of the t-shirt <laughs> he already owned? He I did probably that. did since he remade the Beast. Yeah, he yeah, did. I've I can totally see that. I've done that before with a pair of shoes I've really liked is I've gone online and looked for the exact same pair of shoes. <laughs> uh, that's something Gary would do. <laughs> it's just... Oh, Gary, why do you have... Why? No yeah. drugs. Stop with the drugs. Um, but... Uh, I, I possibly I... buy some drugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh that's not till later but uh no i was just thinking like um uh he i'm just like surprised that uh what, uh, what was i gonna say I, I lost my train of thought um but uh it, it's 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 strange that uh gary king or gary king is fine uh, what actually compels him to do this right now you know i i think he did just get out of Alcoholics Anonymous, and it didn't help him, so he's looking for closure. Because, like, the reveal at the end... About, That's a like, good point. How like that, bad it was for him. Like, that snap. Like, that that moment where you clearly just see that he had a uh, an idea just, like, come straight to his mind. Mm-hmm. And that... it doesn't work for everyone. I, I don't know um, how Britain works. Mm-hmm. But I, I do know in the U.S., you know, they have the 12 steps. The first step is admit to a higher power yes so if you don't have a religion and the court says you have to go to alcoholics anonymous you're pretty much screwed you can't get out of the program yes so there are really few options for like people and if if it doesn't work for you and it works for a lot of people but if it doesn't work for you it can leave you feeling more lost than before Mm -hmm. because that was the thing that's supposed to fix you First WTF, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, isn't it really strange that Martin Freeman's characters are essentially the same person? Oh, Martin Freeman characters always have the same goal in every movie, and that's to not be in the movie. They just want to go home. Arthur Dent just wants to go the fuck home. Bilbo Baggins just wants to go the fuck home. Watson just wants to go the fuck home. Ollie just just wants to go home. He they, just wants to go home. They don't and... want to be on this adventure. Somebody forces them on an adventure, and out of the goodness of their hearts, they follow them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's 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 entirely Martin Freeman. They just get um, drug along, and they're like, "Fuck this!" And here comes the big reveal for Andy Mick, Nicholas Frost. Um, you know, you Hannah, you and I have like this weird relationship where it's kind of like. We're the our own Simon Pegg, Nick Frost kind of duo. As, but I've been telling you that's what we got to do for a con. That's true. Point, yeah, is three days, three outfits, three flavors. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to gain a few pounds for him though. But you know what's really interesting? Later on in the film, that he uh, talks about the uh, uh, the scar on his middle finger from when recreating the scene from Aliens. Aliens. I have a scar on my middle finger. It's the exact same hand. It was. I actually cut myself uh, on a hedge trimmer and had four stitches there. So I forever will have a scar on my middle finger, further enhancing this relationship. I hope I'm not as 
toxic as Gary King. I I hope I don't like drunk and highly drive you home and leave you on the side of the highway to die. Um, you're more like Sean, where you're just like kind of <laughs> bit of lays, want to do your own thing, but are still willing to take charge and do what's necessary. So, but you, but you do know how to switch off, so you don't qualify. As, as Nick H. No, no, I'm not ambitious enough. He's very type A. Yes. We, we were talking about how Ed was an asshole in um, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, so the, the you, roles are reversed here. Yeah, so it's just a slow, like, um, what do you call that? Like a gradient, you know. Ombre. An ombre <laughs> of who's the asshole. So in Shaun of the Dead, Nick Frost is the asshole. Yeah, they kind and of hot fuzz. They're both precious babies who are the only good cops. <laughs> and in this one, it, it's Simon pi- Pegg is the asshole. Lost, it's no, see, yeah, it's it's well, like I'm a, sure a balance. There's four other good cops besides Nicholas Angel. Well, no, I in mean, the ca- world. but just in terms of the relationship between <laughs> these these two <laughs> actors and their characters. characters and whatnot, yeah, it goes from you know one's the asshole, or Nick is the asshole and Simon's the good guy. And then the second one, it's balanced, where they're uh, both good guys with some flaws that where they clash a little bit, but ultimately stay together. And then in this one, it's lopsided uh, where uh, Nick is the nice guy and Simon is the asshole. <laughs> it's it's really wonderful how all of this balances. Like, and that you get to see like the stages of life. Yeah, it kind of pretty... reminds me, like, granted that's, that this change took place over the course of three movies but it reminds me of this one play that two of my favorite actors did in london it was um frankenstein it was during halloween and every night the doctor and the monster were reversed so the two actors played the soon tame people but they like just took turns playing either the monster or dr frankenstein himself and i'm like wow i want to see that's a cool concept dude Well, just speaking of literature and stuff like that, I don't know. I have not read King Arthur myths, but I know that King Arthur's mentioned a couple times, and that the names, um, Chamberlain, Prince, Knight, Page. I remember when you pointed that out for me. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if there's any. I guess. Uh, like a like a typecast between those two stories at all. Andy's here! Yay! It has to be, because there is kind of like a little Lancelot Guinevere relationship going with, on. With Steven. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So This setup is like one of my favorite the little bits. The visual gag. Yeah, well, just the, like the whole thing, because that's another thing when you, because granted well, we listen to our movies on mute and whatnot and we can't really hear it, but when you guys at home listen Drawing to on, on this sound. This is one of my favorite Sorry. Look at these cunts. Did you see the billboard in the background going of electricity? <laughs> Where further? he went whenever, even when he does product placement, it's a joke. Yes, they've got this fancy new electric car in the ad right behind the beast. <laughs> yes, which is make makes it really really funny. Um, but yeah, this whole little bit coming up is just like amazing. I, I also, how the hell did he? Is the is body is really the body the only thing that's still untouched? It seems like it, because I really don't know how. No, you're able... I think most of the, a lot of body work done too. Probably, and then there's this bit. Antique <laughs> on the road. The fucking bells in the background. <laughs> That's the genius of the blocking in this and scene. And then he calls the bell ends. Yeah, when the bell ends. That's right. That's that's funny because like you know he's like you're supposed to be here at three. It's almost four, and when you hear. One, two, three, four bells for the clock out. That is incredible. 
incredible timing and blocking for a movie. Like, no one does that kind of shit. And I just like that Alexander Dumas joke that the Bible was written by Alexander Dumas. <laughs> <laughs> I also like where he's like, ah, two of them could have died and they would have had three at the end. <laughs> because that's not foreshadowing. That, right? Oh my god, I totally didn't see, see what I mean. Did you notice that one? No, I didn't. That's a, well, They should have had five, because two of them could have died. They would have still had three. That's... And then at the end, when Steven comes in, they go, it's the fucking three musketeers in what here. What the hell, dude? Yes, that comes too, back. These guys are too fucking clever for their own good. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> oh, man. that's Wow, that's incredible. Because, like, I... <laughs> Uh, I don't, I can't really think of any other movie that does that kind of thing, <laughs> man. Every time I watch these things, every time, there's always something that I notice that's different. No matter how closely I watch. There's the Impera app again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that comes up several times. I remember it only being one. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now we're getting back into these. Um, it's... These guys, these guys are really nice. Uh, wait, do we? Can we see? Uh, oh wait, no, we can't. That's right, because he had the laser surgery. Yeah. Oh man's. Surgery. Yep. And of course, this put right here. <laughs> <laughs> Gary is such a child. But he's it, oh, he's strangely endearing because like I think that's actually the reason why a lot of people don't necessarily like uh, this version over the others is because you know. Um, Simon Pegg's character is just really toxic and unlikable. And then I think, I guess for... And, because, well, because, you know, when you make Shauna's your character... Shauna's the most relatable. Yes. I think Sean is, like, every nerd who's sitting down to watch a movie can relate to Sean to being, you know, at that stage where you've let yourself plateau and you've got your friends, but you don't know how to be an adult yet. I think Nick is less relatable, but he's a character that we've seen a lot in action movies. Yes. But Gary is almost like you were talking in Shaun of the Dead about, like, oh, the guys who peak in high school and they still want to live their glory days. You hate them. Yes. <laughs> Gary King. So having somebody who's different from, I guess, your core audience can be a huge risk. Even if you're telling a really good story, you know. That's true. But at least what I still like to argue for those of those who, like... <laughs> find um you know gary king to be just too much of a, a character to to not get on board with this movie that's fine but just consider this they still give him a lot of funny shit to say oh yeah like a lot of it's really funny whether you like him or not so i so so that's why i just uh, I'm gonna say, give an ultimatum here and just say, uh, fuck you, this movie's amazing. And, and media is about <laughs> sympathizing with people who are different than you. If I wanted to see somebody relatable, I'd look in a goddamn mirror. I wouldn't open a book. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And he besides, he's such a fascinating character anyway. Because, you know, he really is like... Because uh, when you talk about characters who want to relive their glory days and whatnot, he's a character that definitely always comes to mind. But that's... I am a little biased because I have seen this movie, like, ridiculous endless amounts of times. Like I said, this is my annual St. Patrick's Day uh, sort of thing. One of the reasons I love Gary is because they let it play out that he's shallow the whole movie mm -hmm. until the king's head where you kind of find out. Or at least, no, at, at least at the world's end, that's when he really opens mm -hmm. up is when you see like the, uh, uh, that's actually the one thing that I wish that they uh, pumped up a little bit is like the tragedy of like, you know, his suicidal nature and whatnot and how the the real bad 
self-destructing thing. But then, of course, that I think would... it was heavy enough. I, 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 I it do, did really hit me hard when I found out it was just, it was a pretty somber moment. But mm. if you played it any harder, it would be tonally dissonant. That is a that yeah that's actually this a good allows point. for the comedy and the tragedy and the character development to all shift pretty well. Where if he sat and talked about suicide for a very long time, it could be it could be inappropriate in a comedy movie. <laughs> Annihilated. <laughs> I also love the line. And she's or, in hot fuzz. <laughs> she's in hot fuzz, and she's uh, also um, uh, oh god, what's her name from uh, Spaced? Uh, Ma- Margaret. Marge? No? Um, wow, this is really... Oh, this is... I'm, I'm, I'm going to get roasted later on, but... Um, uh, she's... Uh, uh, Marsha from Spaced. Oh, um, Marsha. Yeah. Marsha, Martha, Marjorie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fourth Guinness um, we've opened. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah... She, but yeah, she uh, she's also in space, which, like I said, we've already mentioned in the last two episodes that you should really, re- if you love the the Cornetto trilogy, you'll really love Spaced. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's the, the, uh, the like the whole annihilated sort of thing that was really funny. Um, but I also love the line earlier that tonight we paint the town red, and I love when they are standing on the horizon when the town's just burning. It is red, red. like it's God. Red. I love this song too, by the way. Yes, yeah, so young. That's a. I do have. I actually listen to this uh, regularly on my work days, because because again, Edgar Wright's sound choices are just so good. You might as well just also buy their soundtrack. Oh yeah. Um, I think this is the. I have to look into it. This is what I said: is is these kids remind me of the hoodie kids? Yeah, the one like the, the the school kids that invade and magically make the uh, the 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 lady in the uh, the rooftop go away during the fun fight. I think gunfight. in this movie and I haven't personally googled all the songs so you can correct me. Mm-hmm. But he always uses different like classic rock and you know obscure <laughs> tracks and stuff like that. But I think <laughs> I think all the tracks here are from the 90s are from I'm pretty sure, era. yeah, yeah. Like that's another discipline it's that early '90s new wave kind of stuff. Yeah, that uh, that's actually something that um, I remember a discipline that Scorsese gave himself uh, when he was doing Goodfellas, because you know Goodfellas is a, a movie that takes place in the mafia for roughly over a thirty decade period, from like the 1950s into the 80s, mm-hmm. um, and he actually had the discipline to say. Um, say this is the year that this scene takes place and even though there's no title cards or anything official he's still doing research to know when this uh, scene is taking place and therefore if he's going to choose a song he can't choose a song that is um, uh, uh, what's the word Um, anachronistic yes it can't be anachronistic Mm -hmm. it has to be either of the time or before Mm -hmm. Um, nothing in between and that's so hard to do without falling into the really common time periods Mm -hmm. especially when you're doing like the 40s or the 50s yes can't tell you how many period dramas where they're like let's throw in boogie woogie bugle boy like come on the only song that was written in the 1940s be a little bit more creative you know so having to actually like listen to the music from that decade or even just a song i don't know from the 50s then i'm like yes i remember you were so impressed with baby driver because he found a Queen song that no one had ever that heard. I had yeah. known. Yeah, a lot. Of- oh, this. Hang on, this butt right here. Just <laughs> I love this. How the sound rises and rises and rises and rises. And then 
with the camera where he puts it down. I love that. I love and I love how it's you know they clearly love that. You're drinking fucking <laughs> rain. I love how they clearly loved that that sort of direction towards uh, beer drinking that they decided to use it again and again further along in the movie because it's it's really funny to watch and just how the you know once it, the the whole sound rises and then just pop water. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> But um, what else was? Oh yeah, and then of course the whole drinking water thing comes back at the very end because that's what I. That's the other thing about our uh, drinking game for when we did this every St. Patrick's Day. You have to have a water. Yes. Um. Well, at the end of the movie, everyone gets waters because that's what they're serving in the bar. To see, walks up to the bar, five waters, please, which is exactly what you know he orders a bar to tap water. With a bunch of guys and swords and whatnot, <laughs> which is really fun. With war paint and everything. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like everything comes back, and it all comes for oh, full yeah, circle. Oh yeah, Gary was talking about swords, but he's talking about walking in after a rugby match with a bunch of big ugly guys in war paint. Yeah, he walked in, they all are big ugly guys with war paint. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that's what I love about this. Like, it, it, there's no fat in any of these movies. Everything is so tightly written. And I love how, um, and it's weird, like, I know a lot of um, uh, other movies will uh, usually do a moment or two like this, um, where they just repeat a line and change the context in order to get a bit of a, 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 bit of a reaction. But I've never seen anyone who takes, like, the, an entire style out of that sort of um, idea, which is what Edgar Wright does. Especially in this movie, you'll see the same thing be used for four or five different reasons yeah oh by the way do, does anyone else use let's boo boo in real life i do that constantly this... nobody's as big of a fan of this movie <laughs> as you and me oh no actually i do remember um wait except for this one girl on youtube yeah whose video i will have videos i will have to find and show you she does like no joke <laughs> she's, she's a huge bar. fan of gary king yeah and she makes like totally serious music videos in black and white about like his mental problems oh wow and they're really well done <laughs> but they're really melodramatic so at the same time i'm like you're making some very serious world's end fan amvs here so she cares more about this movie than me but besides that well i do know a friend of mine um who... you want to watch like gary king where it plays my demons inside over him That'll be like interesting. Um, but I do know there is an old friend of mine from <laughs> California who does visual effects, and he actually does that. He says "Let's boo boo" quite often too. Oh, so, that's great. so it's not a, it's not an isolated thing. But uh, again, but again, we miss the uh, the whole <laughs> just rises up with the, the fucking water. Really, very sad. Really very sad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, it's, you know, that's another weird thing that kind of comes to bookend the two movies. Is like in Shaun of the Dead, we have the death of the mother. Oh, being played is the most serious part in this movie. And then in here, you know, it's it's interesting where it's there, but it's subverted again, yet again because let's face it, if if uh, um, Ed if Ed's mother died in that movie, we wouldn't care because Ed probably wouldn't care either. He doesn't give a fuck about anything. He'd be like, "Can I have your car keys?" Awesome. <laughs> that's right. He would, he totally would just steal his mom's car keys Gary's if he had a good enough car. Bullshit that he pulls here reminds me of. Did you guys ever watch Survivor back in the day? No. I'm the only one here who watches reality TV. I saw, like, an episode or two, but I wasn't, like, a... Johnny Rotten. There was this guy who just became <laughs> famous for what he did 
Or, or they called him Johnny Fairplay, but he was such a cheat. But he was a likable scoundrel. But <laughs> during the challenge, like, there might have been, like, six people left to be eliminated. He lied, I think, about his grandmother having cancer, and that's why he was really motivated. Or his mother having cancer, if one of them having died, he was really motivated to win the reward challenge because you got to see your family, and this might be the last chance he had to see them, or some shit like that. So people let him win. And then in the next thing, when he's, like, out there, like, with his family, just sipping margaritas, he's like, I lied. My mom's not dying. We got, Ro- <laughs> then there's, uh, okay, I looked this up this time. Uh, Rosamund Pike is Sam. From Gone Girl. Um, yeah, and turns out she's actually, did you know she's actually a Bond girl? No, we've got James Bond's and a Bond girl. Yeah, she was, uh, she was the Bond girl in Die Another Day. So, oh. and she, so she was actually acting against Pierce Brodson. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I suspect that uh, once they got Pierce Bronson on for this one, mm-hmm. um, he kind of recommended her to play the role of Sam. Yeah. So I can kind of see that. And then I remember that uh, Welcome Beyond Venue thing that he does. Oh, wait. Is he... a line from Cabaret, which is the musical she was in. That's right, yeah. Ads. Also, did you see as they walked in, You, I swear, you blink and you'll miss it, but as they walk in, there's a sign next to the uh, uh, the ladies' room door. That says uh, school disco. Oh yes, yeah. You see the advertisement for uh, the mermaid. Every, oh, there is a lot of times. So much foreshadowing. Yes, <laughs> um, and then of course this whole thing and coming up, which I I really love. I'm not gonna lie, his character Gary King, like he's likable, but at the same time, like he really bums me out. Cause like it's like always been like that fear that like you're never going to mature past high school. Oh yeah, at all. Oh and, yeah, and like, I think as we're getting, we're all closer to thirty than we are to twenty right now. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah, out of order. So, not all. So, <laughs> so worrying about being in a rut it can be scary. So you don't want to end up like Gary King. Yes. And definitely, yeah. If you Kids. find yourself drinking a lot and you watch it, you can almost have this bojack. There's another school disco. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. get, yeah. Kids, don't drink and be like Gary. Uh, drink, drink like, uh, drink like Sean. No, maybe not. You know what? Just actually drink like, uh, um, Nicholas Angel. Be like Nicholas Angel. Don't be like Gary King. <laughs> so and, we're supposed to drink cranberry juice. Yeah. Well, well he, we're supposed to learn mix that with vodka. Am I allowed? <laughs> you will eventually loosen up and drink with your friends from work. No, but that, that's... you will stay sober on a professional basis because Nicholas Angel will never drink at work. I was about to say, you know what? Be uh, during the week. Oh, there's the game. Yes, the the game which that keeps going, and we have Basil, oh. Matt Basil, who comes with back. With his curly straw. Oh, <laughs> um, UFOs straws. and lizard people and underwater Nazis. Yep. David Basil's returning from. David Basil's returning from Hot Fuzz. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the. <laughs> and then we have this shit right, that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> the sound. Well, no, it's the sound effect that's timed with the reaction. Because like, because <laughs> you hear this little boop boop boop, and it <laughs> I, love I need that, that Polaroid. That Polaroid is amazing. <laughs> you know what? I don't say let's boo boo a lot, but I do say the uh, the that's a great name for a band, Gary. Why don't you write that down? down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what I do. And, of course, because Gary has to make this absolutely perfect. It's almost like an obsessive-compulsive disorder. It really point. is. And also, how long... Because like, I believe this movie is supposed to take place in, like, October. 
So it's fairly chilly considering it's in the UK and this was like 10 years ago. Um, you so, definitely see them all wearing like the coats and stuff. So. so I guess those beers are still cold, but... Oh, it's Gary King. He doesn't give a fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> that, but those... I love this editing in the frame. In the oh, yeah, the the, uh, the matching scene transitions. Like, oh, your... also how he's Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> that. That is really That's cool. That's one of my favorites. Yes. And he, well, all of his like matching scene transitions are really, really fun to watch. And I really wish, you know, uh, directors would do that more often. Or at least be more creative in your transitions, you know? Because often it'll just like, you know, sort of... Because usually the transition that I see a lot is um, you'll just see the scene end and then you'll hear the sound of the next scene over the the very like the last two seconds of the last shot of the, of the scene that just ended and then it goes into the next one. That's all the transition that they do. That's boring. It's seen it a million, million, million times. Be more creative with your uh, scene transitions. Try to link the images in ways that are fun and creative or interesting. You know? Oh, yeah. Cause and it really kind of... Okay. I know. I was just about to look up if Benson's a type of deli meat to see if they're all sandwich ingredients. Yeah. Um, uh, uh. But um, that really drives home the disgust, too. How so? Like, to just view in, like, the... Uh, just on those cigarette filters and then immediately cut to fries. It almost makes you picture eating them. Oh, that is a good point. Ooh. Bro oh. Well, then again, you know, I guess that's what processed food is to the human body anyway. Just another form of po poison sticks. Benson <laughs> is not a food, but in the UK it can be uh, slang for a cigarette. Oh, shit. And then we have uh, poor Peter's bully who doesn't recognize him. Have you ever had that moment in real life where... You actually ran into the person who bullied you and tormented you throughout, like, middle school or high school? No, because I don't see... Well, I know you haven't, oh. Hannah, because <laughs> I know you were the bully. No! I was a bully in grade school. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. um, I it think... was more of a... I was a girl who was really committed to proving that she could outpunch boys. Oh. <laughs> that was what I was, is I was a rough houser. I, I don't think I ever singled somebody out and bullied them, but I definitely did, like, start fights as a kiddo. Gotcha. Yeah. I was bullied quite frequently. There was this one delightful moment that I had um, in the graduation of my high school. The uh, the guy who bullied me the longest and hardest was sitting literally two, uh, two seats away from me because our names are very close in the alphabet. And I just took great delight because I knew this was going to be the last time I'd ever see the, for, the poor fuck um, because I knew he was one of those types that doesn't move out of town and I was the one that wanted to get the fuck out of town. Mm -hmm. um, and I took great delight in, in the last moment there in annoying the living piss out of him. <laughs> I just wanted to just revel in whatever time I had left to say, uh, give a nice thank you for turning me into the weird character that i am now fuck you and have a shit life you audacious cocksucker audacious cocksucker <laughs> that's right i guess like, I, I could go into my bullying past i might need another beer and a few shots this before. might be the most depressing podcast ever if we go well that's what happens when there's <laughs> drinking i mean they haven't we haven't even gotten to the aliens yet everyone's just busy reminiscing well yeah well that's what so. partly what this whole thing is about you know um, also, I really love how Gary is so freaking right about everything that there has to be like a whole Invasion of the Body Snatchers plot 
just to make sure that he's right. It's almost it's almost as if he he's like a character who can bend reality to his will Is by that his make, stand. Yeah. M- maybe I don't know. Hashtag JoJo. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when Gary King's just has the power to like make everything. Whatever he says has to be validated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they even say like it's impossible arguing with you because like he never loses an argument because he, in his own brain, is like, always well, right. reality. It's like. And his mom does die later on. <laughs> yeah. they, they say we don't know that his mom died no no he does like, oh, a lot of people died this is my friend from work oh, gary's okay. mom <laughs> which is also a really funny joke i think uh, they mentioned the cousin paul where he jokes about like no i borrowed from peter to pay you i still owe paul <laughs> that's and right. we find that he's oh like my god that's he oh wow man this the writing is so freaking tight dude it, let, seriously i actually you know what i want to go back and rewatch these movies and try to take notes and whatnot and see oh that's you broke the wall yeah that's was it the fourth wall oh i see what you did there but i actually <laughs> want to go back and watch these movies and see if there's like any crumb or instance where something doesn't come back where i actually want to look for the fat because it seems it, it, that is a real and needle a in a haystack uses the bathroom why would he have to use the bathroom? Um, well, he's still got blue fluids in there. Maybe he pisses blue. Are I don't they like know. Terminators where they have human flesh on the outside? Man, I don't know. I don't but, know. Uh, I, I, Edgar Wright, give us more files on details of robot anatomy. Tell me about like, the robot Eurypha. What is like? Do they pee blue? Does he have a dick? Yeah, like are like are there like robots blanks out there that are married to actual humans? Yes, absolutely. F- That's how Peter ends up. Can 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 uh, and then of course there's the universal question: Can you fuck it? Obviously. That's why I was. They going. said they yeah. have to blend in and incorporate, and you saw that the way that they they acted the mermaid. That's true. They Maybe are you can. Definitely can't. fuckable. That's the only way to incorporate the human species. Okay. If then. you're invading, so, Vader is fuckable. So if you have a blank that lives alone in his mom's basement with an internet connection, will you walk in on him masturbating to porn? Don't think probably not because they've got they're not all they 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 don't have the desire and here's the big moment boom like this is always the moment where I love to look it's like what the at the first timer yes the first timer I always love to look at them and be like watch their reaction slammed his head into the mirror because that's kind of like shattering like Gary King's ego and his and the whole uh, the whole idea that by the way that head on the floor with the moving eyes and whatnot. That is not CG. That is a prop. Oh, whoa. I am not making it up. I actually, because... Um, I but, want it. Buy it at an auction for me. No, I don't, I'll I don't know. I'll put it in the bathroom sink. I just know it's a highly, <laughs> highly sophisticated, like, animatronic. That's... Um, but, uh, yeah, that... that Because that, that's another thing about Edgar Wright that we really don't talk about too much, is his skill for visual effects. Oh, yeah. Because um, you know that it's going to take... Because especially <laughs> for this movie... It takes a lot of really good visual effects artists to convincingly tell this story without it being too distracting or anything. Um, but the fact that that it, uh, that head was a real moving br- uh, prop kind of blew my mind. Um, and it also really makes me wonder exactly how they were able to do all those bright lights uh, with the eyes uh, later in the movie. Because you see that shit a lot. Not so much. Can I just comment on like the color blue 
yes. bleeding out. It's like it's so bright and vibrant. It's almost it almost kind of tricks your eyes into thinking like this isn't real. It's like too pure of a blue. It, I don't know. it actually it yeah. makes it makes me think of like uh, um, that really toxic blue water you see in uh, chemicals and whatnot. See, I think Since we're in the I bathroom. Think blue, I'm thinking paint. Of, I'm thinking of bathroom cups. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also really cool. Like, do you notice like most of this is um, made to look like one shot where the camera whip pans around? I mean, obviously they disguise cuts and whatnot with uh, a whip pan or whatnot. But I really love the just like the sheer ferocity of it and how it all seems to just move um, almost completely uh, s seamlessly. Like, boom! Like it'll just whip pan to instead of it just cutting. It whip pans. So and you get to see this whole play out. You you see like 15 blows exchanged between these two before it cuts. Yes. It's not overcutty like Hot Fuzz. He's not telling an action. He has an action scene, but he's not lampooning that genre anymore. Mm -hmm. he, instead, he's trying to really show how to do it. And then I love I love Andy's fighting in this. And I love how they have different fighting styles. Which yes. Is great. Where... Yes. Um, and I really love the joke throughout the movie. The more they get hammered, the better fighters they become. Yeah. <laughs> Like Peter hides like, in the bathroom like and Andy's actual just... Actual knights! And then this shit! Yeah, like the... I love this! Just <laughs> like... cracks him over his knees. Yes! Right. Bane style, motherfucker! Ah! Boom! <laughs> and then... Boom! Boom! And then this... Boom! Yeah! <laughs> I love that shit! Like, I, 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 kinda, I actually kind of wish I was in the theater so I could just cheer when... And there we have, like, at the end of this set... You have the literal cross arms. Oh my god, yeah, you're totally right. Wow. Now you, you picked up that it, it meant to fight, but... Yeah. I think it's the third time I watched this. I'm literally like, oh, there are two arms. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even tiny jokes get, like, give me the huge case of the giggles. Oh, so... yeah. <laughs> and, he, and of course, he's still on his mum. <laughs> transitions between the three movies it yeah. goes from like undead and like fantasy which is like almost more historical yeah to just present day normal to science fiction so you have three genres as well yeah pretty much yeah and they kind of move through the future i don't know i've had two beers now <laughs> well clearly you haven't had enough it's only it's it's pub i get really smart but <laughs> <laughs> and, and oh, oh isn't that another th with the world's end drinking game yeah. Is that it starts off really slow. We're about, how many minutes into the movie are we? Uh, we are we, in 42 minutes 42 in. 42 minutes, we've been to four pubs. Yeah. And then we've got eight pubs left to go. Yeah, that's true. And like, th I think four of the pubs happen within like right a span of, a span of like eight minutes. They spend like two minutes in each one of so them. So even if you could like drink 12 beers throughout this movie, which doesn't sound too insane, um, it's the, it becomes at the end where it becomes King's Head, Hole in the Wall, World's End, and you've just got like four beers in your hands and you're crying. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually kind of funny to to watch. So it's almost <laughs> like if 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 you've got a hard level liver, do shots. Um, yes. Um, um, just don't mix too much, or just and have lots of water in between. Yeah. Or just get a 12-pack and say, I'm drinking this at my own pace through the movie. Let's finish our drinks. Because <laughs> it starts so slow. I really love these so bars, bad. honestly. I would go to a... Yeah. Oh, man, dude, he even uses this... The, the out-of-order the... songs again. And then it says shots at the top of it. 
Yes. I would go to a theme park for this. Yes. I'm planning on doing the uh, pub crawl at Epcot when I go Around there, the world. So that'll be the, the yeah. 12 beers, 12 places. Right on. And of course, they're like, let's still go on the crawl. Because <laughs> Gary King is so obsessed. Also, it's almost like Gary King's like one of the writers. And he's like, we have a movie to complete. Weird, isn't it? It's almost like... Go, Andy, go, 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 shot, 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 drink, 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 yeah! Does anyone else want shots now? i got to drive home. You live here. Yeah, dude. But damn, Andy. And of course, and of course, I love how we're cheering the fact that now they're all completely doomed. Oh, yeah, <laughs> because now they're all drunk. <laughs> and, so. I think they do a pretty fair job at writing them increasingly drunk. Yes. Like, it, I feel like it's believable. Almost believable. Except for the running and fighting. Yes. No, the fighting I can go with. It's the running that does, <laughs> that I'm like, bullshit. You are like on five beers. You cannot run right you now. You run on five beers, but I think they end up well, running on like... Eight, nine, or ten? Well, you no, know, like, on when Gary... Gary has had... Is the only one who actually has a pint in every single one of them. Um, yeah, everybody skips the famous cock. Yes. I ev- think Andy gets caught up with him here, but then... Sort of. Well, they, a lot of them skip. Uh, drink. There's another. Let's boo-boo. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, then towards the end, well, like, but, everyone's like, fuck this. Yeah, but Gary is literally the only one who had uh, 11 pints... And he is running to the world's end. I'm like, how? How? The next whiskey yes. bar. And if you're looking the at the movie. stuff that he, he... You see him drink some pretty heavy beers, which <laughs> even if even if you've got a high tolerance, that amount of like pure... Yeah, well, I mean, he are, we, it's been established that he has a bit of a high tolerance because, you know, he's in an AA meeting and whatnot. Yeah. But, dude, you're still only human. Uh, like, come on. You, you cannot be running like that. I've got to wonder, the good companions, you see five faces, one of them smiling and the rest are frowning. Oh, Gary I got it. Okay, yeah, let's, 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 no, let, let's yeah. take a close look. Like, okay, so Gary's smiling. The others, I don't think were. That, yeah. no, no. But no. to be fair, I wouldn't smile either if I was being stared at by everyone creepy like that. Hello. And then, of course, we have this wonderful, wonderful moment or they all chug it at the same time with in sync with the music. And this is what I love. It's just drinking ah beer pubs. Shall we? And bump. bump. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the, the the timing the the uh, the action with the with the music just makes it so fucking funny. I don't know why it is or how that necessarily works, but it just fucking works. It just elevates timing is what comedy is. So if you've got timing and the sound too, and you can really elevate that. Yeah. It's like putting salt on a nice uh, uh on like a nice piece of meat. Of meat. Yeah. 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 So and and then of course they do this again and this time they don't do the water, but um they still but it, it kind of works here because that they don't use the water cuz it's really funny the first time. It's still kind of funny the second time, but if you did it a third time, it would not have been funny. Now, remember, this is the pub that Oliver passed out on in the first time around. Yes. And it's implied that this is the pub that he gets replaced at. Yes. Um, and as a matter of fact, we'll be seeing it pretty soon. Like, as soon as he walks away and t- goes to the uh, the bathroom, um, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's usually the point where he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> My mom could be dead for real this time. <laughs> 
Shaun of the Dead callback. It really is. And of course, here's uh, the Reverend Green, uh, played by Michael Smiley, who played Tires, one of my favorite side characters from Shaun of the Dead, or not uh, Shaun of the Dead, Spaced. I really like him in uh, Free Fire, if you haven't seen that yet, with I'll Brie Larson. Th- I'll check that out. His character's pretty interesting in it. He's like an uh, Irish mob boss, I oh. think. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I just really love how he was uh, shot in so space. So the only Irish thing about this film, then. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, <laughs> yeah. Is he an Irish actor? I don't know. He, he, <laughs> tru- <laughs> he truly is the trusty servant. Um, hey, do you have any drugs? <laughs> I just have to call out that, like, I have a proper job in a proper office. Like, yes, you had does. an office before. He does have a he does have a very Irish accent. He does. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but I love his character from Space uh, Tires, the the clubbing nut who finds a beat to anything. The way they shoot his character is it, he's literally my favorite side character from Space. And Tires makes a cameo appearance in Shaun of the Dead, as we saw. Oh, um, and they had an, another ad on the wall for I think food or something. Did they? Yeah, and it? it said, uh, have a number six. Oh, god damn, these guys are good. Uh, you know what? They might actually do that. Like, each number is written somewhere in the background. Well, we're gonna look that up. And see yeah, we're, we're gonna discovering have to... new things. We're, we're constantly... Even though we've seen... I get paranoid on Easter eggs in this. Oh, totally, dude. Like, it, seriously, all these movies have all these tiny little details to the point where I kind of want to write down everything. Well, it's, it's definitely... Um, like, uh... <laughs> yes. Oh, the so the old Czech word Robotnik. You, now Did you, were... you? I was saying. Um, I was I was looking up Czech names for some reason, but uh, Dalek is yeah. also a Czech word yes. that means far off battle. I was telling you about this before. Apparently, the direct uh, the uh, the the Brits really like their Czech words for their robots. I guess. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's a good language to use for science fiction because like no one knows people... Czech or Slovakia. <laughs> yeah, very few people will recognize it. Yeah, unless you're these two nerds in. <laughs> mm-hmm. what i was gonna say edgar wright's films are great for i think we we watch films differently in this millennia than we did before because we have computers and because we have streaming services the ability to stop and pause and take screen caps of things and share it with people and be like do you notice any of this like if you're watching a vhs or if you're watching it in theaters you kind of have to sit and watch it all the way through where yeah, we're kind of privileged like that nowadays. Yeah. With TV especially. It mm-hmm. used to be, you saw we it can, on Thursday, you didn't see the next episode for And a there's week. the blank, uh, oh man. Yes, with a six, which is an omen. Yes. Yes. It, the, yeah, you're totally right. It's from the the omen where the uh, the birthmark on the kid is uh, three, six, uh, three six, sixes. Six, six, That's good. But I think it's perfect for this, his movies are perfect for this generation because it's like, yeah, pausing and rewatching and overanalyzing and taking screenshots. You weren't always able to do that with your movies. Mm-hmm. And he spends so much time in love and care with these things because... Time's I... Past. That's the name of one of the stores. Wonder- that- wonderful. I love that. That's the first time I noticed that. Happy hour, 7 p.m. Yes. And then I think at the last part it was like the five-shot special. Yeah. So, the... so I think the numbers thing is going to play in at least for most of the early pups yep oh and speaking of which uh there's another um uh space veteran uh he he's the one who plays um uh brian the artist mm-hmm. in space oh yeah he uh he's um he looks a lot he looks a lot different oh, dude yeah. um his face is a lot uh rounder mm-hmm. um but uh, i believe is uh oh god what 
What is his name? That's I'm... because he's drinking beer and not ever doing whatever Brian was doing. Um, anger, <laughs> <laughs> pain, <laughs> aggression, <laughs> fear. <laughs> That's actually one of my uh, my favorite running gags in space. But um, anyway, uh, th- now this part here where they're like trying to figure out w- what to call the blanks. This is hilarious, hilarious dialogue. Um, this is the part where I'm like, I really appreciate the fact that Edgar Wright knows when to stop the visual comedy and just let the writing and the dialogue become the jokes because this kind of pronoun is <laughs> this kind of pronoun humor is really, really funny. You just used one. What? It is a pronoun. What is it? What is? <laughs> on first it really is like he's a blank she's a blank there's two people definitely blanks oh then that's the other thing like the whole thing where they're trying to figure out what to call these things i almost feel like that's like a parody of the writing process itself like we're trying to figure out what to call these things without calling them robots or anything oh yeah and they're just like i i can actually imagine edgar wright and simon Pegg and uh just sitting down writing this and drinking Getting increasingly drunk, and they just like blank. I'm calling a blank. Uh, uh, I think we're drawing a blank here. And uh, then, of course, one of them's like, "That's a great name." That's why you wish you were a visual effects or uh, not a visual effects, a visual artist. Like, yes. If you're a painter, you can just go. This is my film, untitled. You can't do that with books and movies. No, you can't. Well, you, you guys can't. don't get the luxury of saying you can. I don't need to introduce. Language. See, My art is its language in of itself. No, see, you can do that, but you need lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of money. To be able to name your film Yeah, like, Terrence Malick can get away with that shit because he's fucking Terrence Malick, and, he has, and he's rich. Yeah. So he can make the fucking Tree of Life, put it in theaters, and say, what did you... And just everyone's like, what the fuck did I just watch? When you have to appeal to a mainstream audience, you have to kind of do something like this. Well, I'm just... And then Phobots. <laughs> I like how they got to blanks in yes. such a natural way. We're drawing a blank when here. That is a Invasion of the Body Snatchers reference. Oh, it is. Yeah. It actually is. It's not just like them. They were literally like, we don't know what to call this. We're drawing a blank. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. It's actually a reference to Invader Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Which I, I haven't seen the movie, but I've read the books. Okay. <laughs> the book. The one, like, 100-page book from, like, 1973 or something. Okay, I gotcha. But they're called Blanks in that, and I was like, yes! Oh, that's cool. I need to actually sit down and watch the uh, the 1978 remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, because mm-hmm. it's been told as, like, it's one of the best um, remakes ever made. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's this wonderful shit. <laughs> like, goddamn. I think, yeah, that, you, see, now that's clearly a prop, too. But the With... first head they saw was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's they're still both really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think uh, they really also, pushed... Also, I just have to admire that actress for running, running in heels. heels. Yeah. Yes. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, what... I still want to know, what is it with Edgar Wright's fascination with creepy twins? Just because they're Shining. twins doesn't automatically make them creepy. <laughs> <laughs> You had sex with them. Ten <laughs> rights. Oh, so, well, it was, well I, yes, I did, but it was, but I was drunk, so it looked like there were four of them. I'm not really proud <laughs> of it. I am actually. Tell me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then I love that thought. Where How he was, reaches out to her. He's and he's so just selfish. Like, Peck a si- take us, check us to Siggy. <laughs> like, that's so mean. <laughs> what the hell is going on? 
<laughs> oh, I love his confession. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is so cute. Like, I, it's not just because I have five points. It's because I love you, okay? Just... He says seven, but that's a goof because I think he skipped two by this point. Yeah, he. You're, that's right. But he did. also, he's drunk, so he probably is just. By seven drinks. Do you, you know how many drinks you've had? No. <laughs> and especially after fight, especially fighting um uh an alien, an alien you never thought was supposed to exist. Oh yeah. Yeah, you kind of lose track of your your pints. After five, unless I'm actively trying to compete with people, I lose count. Yeah, like I've seen you like when we're at parties. Like I know, like you said. I know I'm wasted when I just start reaching for drinks without question. Yeah, <laughs> like you just going for the. And next there's one the, and the dog, next one. the four-legged dog, that or the two-legged dog. Two-headed dog. Two-headed dog, but yeah, now her feet are for arms, so now she's more dog-like, if you will. I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's. And they're twins, so they're. Get the head. Two heads. Get the head. <laughs> Smash. I, nothing we've came up with so far is better than Smashy Smashy Eggman. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was like one of my favorite sidelines. The, the, the best that we've Which got. <laughs> is ironic because Eggman was the localized version of the Sonic character, Dr. Robotnik. It's a conspiracy, man. I, I think not. Oh my god, it's all connected, man. <laughs> pull it off, pull it off. Yes. Oh, blue book. It's just smashy, smashy Eggman. That's one of my favorite things. Viewers, you should be on your third or fourth beat by now. <laughs> uh, and yeah, now we have like our official title Two of blank. Two for blanks. one sale. That's another one. God damn it, dude. I think they had a lot of fun saying, Look, let's hit the mermaid, wink, wink. <laughs> We've got to design all of these, like... Chalkboards <laughs> for the bar. Anyway, I love the thinking behind this. It's, it basically, no one has a better idea, so fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, two for one main meals. Oh man, that's so cool. They have to design all these chalkboards anyway, so they. Yeah, the production. De- uh, who, we uh, kudos to the fucking production designer, man, because yeah. like that is that's really tight, and you know, but intentional I intentional t- with everything they do. Yes. Um, and I and I know Edgar Wright is the one guy who really pushes for that sort of thing, mm-hmm. like because um, just because of the consistency of the tones, mm-hmm. and I also really love how each bar isn't just a pub. Oh yeah, this like, one's a club. Yes, because um, have you ever done that like over in college where you just kind of do a pub crawl and you have all these different type of uh, bars and bars and pubs? Uh, not in college, but now that I'm an adult, my parents drag me on shit like this. See, I actually did that with some friends. I didn't always necessarily drink because I was really kind of uptight in college. Mm-hmm. But um, I would go to places like this, like there were, because I just hang out with friends who would do pub crawls, and I usually wound up being the Andy of the group, oh, <laughs> where yeah. I would be drinking all the water, and I'd drive their asses home, and you know, occasionally clean up the mess, and then they'd owe me big time. That's how I got a lot of favors in college. Is I'd take care of drunk people, <laughs> and then i get favors for it There's later. There's an app for that now. <laughs> See, Damn it. this movie is <laughs> now supposed you tell to me. be all about the technological revolution, but if it was made in 2019, Gary could have Ubered them home a long time ago. That is so true. <laughs> well, then again, can you really trust the Uber driver? He might be a blank. <gasps> he might be a blank. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guy isn't going to be a blank, that's for uh, sure. I love the lighting in this scene, too. Yes. And I'll, again... That whole June twenty second, nineteen ninety, the 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 meteor. 
Dang, even that comes back. Like, how and a that... week later, I was born. Uh, yes. Oh, really? That's right. Because it's 1993. No, it's 1990 was the other uh, year. Oh, really? Yeah, so... Oh, three years later, three years. You I thought born. it was 1993. And there's the marmalade Let's... sandwich. Let's totally quiet for a second. Uh-huh. Mm. I want some leaves and salt. Yeah, uh, what is it later that uh, but... Peter says? It's like, hey, can you blame us? They're all in schoolgirl outfits. Who, who wouldn't fall for a bunch of girls in schoolgirl outfits? Fuck so yeah. Who wouldn't? Like, fuck yeah, because... you hmm. And of course, like if you're, you're not clued into O Man isn't himself, there you go. Yeah. It's it's only he might as well just be wearing like a, a, a the uh, the the handlebar mustache at that point. <laughs> I would wonder maybe where Martin Freeman wears a handlebar mustache. <laughs> he, well, he kind of does Absolutely. in Sherlock. Remember oh, yeah. he he gets the mustache and he gets makes made oh, fun I of it. I didn't watch anything past season one. Oh really? Sherlock. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well, there's one episode where he actually gets like Watson's trademark mustache. <laughs> And Sherlock actually starts making fun of it. So, it's like, even your wife doesn't like it. She does, too, and she looks at his wife, and he's like, You don't? No. God damn it, Sherlock! <laughs> it, it, no offense mm. to the series, it's just, um, I think, I watched season one, I'm like, that's okay. That's pretty good. And then, it took five years for season two to come out, and in that time, I forgot it existed. <laughs> Uh, season it two. It just had some big gaps between seasons. Well, yeah, it's I mean, hard that's... for me to keep my. Interest. Well, it's understandable because each episode is like ninety minutes. Each episode is its own movie. Oh yeah. Um. So that's I, I understand that. Fine. Uh, the first three seasons, in my opinion, are great. Four, I have issues with. But that's another that's another podcast entirely. Uh, um. But. His I, skills don't go for long-term writing very well. Not really. Self-contained plots he's pretty good at. Which is kind of why I will, really wish like it ended at season three. <laughs> the crazy straw. <laughs> not so crazy now, is it? <laughs> Who actually has one of those crazy straws? Oh, I had it as a kid. I want one. I, need, I, know. I know my sister has one because she saw this and I'm like, I need this crazy <sighs> straw back. or she i think she had it for the longest time as a kid and she dug it up and now she uses it constantly especially when drinking uh and then of course you know you see the blank swallow his ring and that's gonna come i love how that that that's one of my favorite yes especially because i want you inside me so sexy and then just okay boom and punches it right out that is like a great moment (laughs) so and I also love. I told you not to ask me that. That's <laughs> that's kind of that kind of reminds me of like the Frau Blucher thing from oh, yeah. from um, Young, Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Yeah, like it's like Blucher, and then you hear the Winnie, and it's mm-hmm. like it, it's like what happened to the empty? I told you not to ask me that. <laughs> it it oh my that how's life? That is a pretty man, a he pretty dead a pretty dead man. Hey! hey. <laughs> They're blending in. Oh, fuck. Mm. Actually, you know what I really wish he'd said instead of oh, fuck? I wish he said oh, crumbs like she does. <laughs> Just to, you know, like, tighten that little knot. <laughs> so. He's a blank. Don't be so judgmental. <laughs> 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 But yeah, if you if you oh, and you know what's another really wonderful little cue to see that. Uh, well, at this point, they make it really obvious. Well, they do, but you know what's another subtle cue that you mo- don't really pick up on the light in the background. Oh, the blue light. Yeah, it kind of re- looks like the foreshadowing of the the lights that come out of their eyes, mm-hmm. and simultaneously, 
it makes a, oh. it it creates a backlight to uh, him, a, like a natural backlight. And it, but no, it it's not so much it's a sinister. It actually hides in shadow, the, his uh, his birthmark. Oh. It makes it actually harder for even though he's in close up, it makes it harder to see the birthmark has come back. Cause it's because it's there, but because it's slightly in shadow because of the light. It's, they yeah. do. They managed to keep it on the the whole time and yep. keep it pretty much impossible to see unless you already know it's there. Yeah. Until the very last minute. Yeah, but it but is at there. this point that this is where they're telling the audience. Yes, and I really like this. If you haven't caught on yet. Just. <laughs> so dumb. Come on, Gary. Take a hint. <laughs> Of course, I do love how even though Andy is just about as hammered, he's starting to get the hint. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have probably one of my favorite bits, the beehive. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, okay, so let's see if there's like... Uh, they mentioned the car park, and I think they jump off the roof onto the car in this one. Yeah, but um, we are now at Pub 9, correct? 9, I believe. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, because the king's head is number 10. Um, we we got to look for a number 9 somewhere. This would be definitely something I do when I rewatch it because I noticed the uh, six and seven for the first time. Yep, and then we have Pierce Bronson, um, the James Bond, the, the token James Bond, if well, you will. Well, it's not him because he's a ten. Oh, that, oh, I see what you did there, um, but uh, it, yeah, it's it's I that's I still wish that the, for Shaun of the Dead they had just like you know. Like, a uh, silver fox man? Well, I was thinking, like, you know, someone just like George Lazenby to to cameo or something like that. Just to uh, say they've had a... Uh, yeah, anybody Bond or Sean Connery, whoever. Just to say they've had all, uh, a James Bond in all three of these to yeah. make it a little bit more... I think they just need three hot or older men. They don't have that in Shaun of the Dead. Sorry, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, you could have had, like, Sean Connery pl- play Philip. Oh, man. That actually would have been kind of cool. Or even just, like, the uh, the barkeep in, in the Winchester, you know? Oh, yeah. That Just, like, one of those little things. John of the fun. Bar, who's a friend of his. Yes. <laughs> Goddamn piano man. <laughs> I fucking love the piano man. Who doesn't? Does he get their drinks for free? No, well, after oh, hours. Sit the bar, put bread in the jar, and say, "Man, what are you doing here?" <laughs> Dude, can you imagine if he actually incorporated that song? That music. That would have been amazing. I'm almost sad that he didn't, but you know, I guess you missed could... opportunity. Yeah, a little bit, but it doesn't really harm the movie, I guess. I guess the nine that we have in this bar is if you turn Ollie upside down. That's okay. <laughs> Okay, that's a a bit of a stretch, but I'm uh, either way. I'm still gonna get, like keep my eye out. I, I'm sure like they did have like a because so, you know in some cases the the production designer will put um, all the numbers hidden in the background somewhere for these things. You'd have to but, keep an eye open during. Well, the just fight. well, basically like I'm just saying like you know during the uh, uh, the scenes you know stuff certain shots or angles will get cut out because they don't quite work. Um, yeah, yep, there he goes. And they don't uh, just, you don't see it in there because it wasn't photographed, you know, due to some constraints. Does Oliver say what the fuck before the reveal? No. Okay. That's actually the, that's actually one of the real cool things. Like it's always WTF. Well, it would have been funny if it was always WTF. And then as soon as he became a blank, he started saying what the fuck. Yeah. uh, No, he doesn't. But I think it was just to like pound it a little bit closer. And speaking of pounding... This shit happens. This is one of my favorite bits. It, this is me every time I go back to my hometown. I fucking hate 
hate this town! <laughs> or either that or back to my college town. Because when you go back to, like, I, I, when you go oh, go back to the, where I went to college and you try to hang out, it's really a shit town. You just want to go to someone's house. Fuck, yeah, I'll, go, I'll crash on the couch and visit some friends, but I am so not willing to go back and live there. Like, hell, hell no. Yeah, like, didn't you guys, like, have one, or one of you had a roommate up there that was like, I can't take all this big city traffic. You mean the intersection? That was Jenny. Oh, dude. That was Jenny. Dude. The intersection freaked her out. Oh, please. That, you, you've never been to Chicago. Just wait till try and go to Chicago. It's awful. New York, there's a reason everyone takes public transit. That's, yes, indeed. And so this, also, I love the music in this one. um, The only thing that's different between Chicago and New York is in Chicago, the cars are moving fast enough to kill you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I really love the music in this one because it's actually sort of like a, uh, um, a mix, like a fan, like a fan song for, uh, that's kind of talking about RoboCop. 20 seconds to comply. (laughs) There it is. Nine. Yes. Oh, it is. There is. Where? It was right on the door. See now nine. Oh my God. Wow. That's all. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) All Gary wants to do is take a fucking drink. It's hard to see, but I'm sold on this theory. I yes. Still watch the first five pubs. See again. I'm every, pretty much certain by this point. It doesn't matter how many times you see these movies. Mm-hmm. There's always something new to be discovered, and I love that. I think this is the first time I've discovered it. We've discovered a new thing organically without any one of us pointing out something we already knew to the yes. others. Yes. Yes. Um, which is really fun. <laughs> He's twist the melon, man. Because usually by this time, my focus is on not throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because isn't that the other thing that you said about this movie? You've never I've seen never it seen sober. I've never seen it sober, and I'm like one and a half beers. Yeah, today. you've never you, you you've so never this seen is a the, new experience to me. You've never seen this movie sober, and you never plan on doing so. Well, I, I didn't intentionally plan. I was not <laughs> sitting around saying I will never watch The World's End sober. That would be a disgrace to The World's End. <laughs> but at the same time, it seems like a good resolution. It kind to, to watch The World's End sober. Maybe, but then again, it's kind of hard because. This movie is almost nothing but drinking and fighting. <laughs> oh, I know, which makes you want to drink and fight. Right? <laughs> there are shows that make me want to drink, like um, Archer. Yeah. Yes. I need to have like a glass of whiskey in my hand to watch. Oh, Archer. yeah. I want like, melon balls. I, I, I don't need it to watch it, but I like having it in my hand while I watch it. Oh yeah, no, it's like Archer will just mention something like delicious that he's drinking, and you're like, I should make a Manhattan. <laughs> Coffee liqueur. Oh, mm. let's go buy some of that. How another, about another round? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a double entendre. Oh, so drinking, many double entendres. So many double entendres here. I love it. Mm-hmm. Get them! Get them! Get to the smokehouse! Just do it! <laughs> and oh, I even love how the, uh, the, the windows are hexagonal like a beehive. It's gotta be some hard window work. Yeah, it is. Well, not, it's a well, not, shame they broke it. Well, uh, honestly, I think the the filmmakers uh, went to the location and took the windows out to make you know so that they're they're replaced with glass that's breakable and you know safe and whatnot. Oh, so yeah. that's gonna be a logical choice. And damn, man, <laughs> and sit back down. So. Um, but now, yeah, I, I do think that the beehive has the most set design of any of them to look like the beehive, kind of. Pretty, yeah, well, I mean, they all really do, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know what's actually, there's something I uh, wanted to mention. Oh, first this. 
<laughs> it's not how I'd like it is in the movies. And I also love this little <laughs> click, click. <laughs> but there's actually something I missed that I wanted to say in the, uh, the, the Mermaid. The Mermaid is actually not a, a regular drinking club sort of thing like it is in the movie. It's actually a, a vintage theater that they cleared out. It's sort of like the, uh, the Claremont in oh, yeah. uh, Bowling Green. Um, but the cool thing is they actually had the premiere in that same theater oh, that's for this movie. Awesome. So before like, you know, it was unveiled to theaters or had like an, it's official like premiere was in the sat town that they shot it and they watched it in the theater, uh, where they shot, uh, the mermaid set, mm-hmm. which well, is awesome. The other things I really like about the mermaid scene is we're talking about a, a lot of this movie is about conformity. Yes. And to have kind of the reveal and the explanation be in a scene where everybody has been asked to wear kind of the same outfit. Wear your old high school uniform. Yeah. And so everybody looks exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of have to in order to get that visual key because Edgar Wright has a real visual direction that's actually a little bit more suitable towards animation. Oh, yeah. Because um, you look at a lot of his jokes. Because even when he made Spaced, he deliberately said, I want to make a TV show... A live-action version of The Simpsons. Oh, yes! Fence gag! (laughs) Every fucking time! It gets me. But, uh, yeah. um, uh, Every one of these... Every one of his films, he always wants to... It feels like he wants to do a sort of, you know, hyperactive cross-between of the zany, surreal humor you see in The Simpsons mixed with Michael Bay and the tight tight writing, uh, comedy writing, and... Of course, his own, like, you know, repeat um, callback kind of style. And it's mixed into this wonderful blend that is Edgar Wright. And animation just lends itself to visual jokes. Yeah, because you can draw the... Because, like, you know, in space, there's, like, a joke where um, the main character that Simon Pegg plays, he gets fired from a comic shop, and then his replacement, it looks a lot like him, uh, both in terms of body height or body type, face, and costume design. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard because you have to get the right character or the right casting in order to make that joke work. But in animation, you could just simply uh, draw like an off-brand version of your character and make it fit. And that's because I guess historically, like, film was based off of theater. Yeah. And then when you write theater, you write the dialogue, you write the movements, but you don't do all these little visual gags because you physically can't. Yeah. But then after watching animation, growing up on animation, and then... Using animation to inform film instead of like usually it's the opposite, <laughs> like a maybe. Um, then you can say, "Hey, this is a visual medium. There's a lot of visual potential." Yeah. Um, and I also love these little backstories on all these scars. Oh, they're all Gary's fault. <laughs> yeah, they are, isn't it? And yeah. I also love how proud he is of this. Shows you bum. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> And then of course I really love this little this little beat where he shows him the wrong leg. What the fuck? It's the other one. <laughs> I have to admit that would happen to any of us. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in this this, this is hammer. This my favorite. Not Annie. And then of course it. Um, they, they drop the tone. And to talk about how truly pissed off Nick is. Like, I feel like the um um uh, Andy's character here as if. Um, Sean's character grew actually grew up mentally and is still living with Ed. Yeah. 
<laughs> I really love how that perfectly goes in. He, it's your scars in the middle finger. That's good. <laughs> Aren't all tattoos drawn on? <laughs> and I also really love this how this is it's... foreshadowing another. I'm the same old Gary. Um, but uh, I really love how um, uh, he const. No matter what, Gary King always, except with the exception of the AA meeting at the very beginning and at the very end where he's in the cowboy suit. He always has a Sisters of Mercy thing on his chest. Oh, yeah. Constantly, even when he lifts his shirts up. <laughs> like, that's a little fun. And then, King Gay! <laughs> so cunt scrubbed at the art! That was me. <laughs> King Gay! <laughs> that's so childish. I don't know why it makes me giggle so much. No, because it's something a bunch of high school boys would do. And they're fucking 40 and they're acting like high school. And now everybody's acting like a high schooler. I just love how pr proud Steven is. Like, that was me. <laughs> uh, and, and of course, this is really just, what the fuck, Gary? <laughs> Ow! Honestly, like, that's a really hard stunt to pull. Even if that's a soft, like, faux wood. That's a really hard t stunt to pull because, um, have you ever done like headbanging for uh, to your favorite rock song? Yes. Yeah. It hurts after a while, doesn't it? Oh Imagine... yeah. You throw out your neck, you go too fast, and you're like, I'm gonna be sleeping funny for like a week now. And, yeah. That's why you... my admiration for Ray Toro picks in besides his mad guitar skills. He headbangs like crazy. And his hair is all... way heavier than yours too. <laughs> yeah. With King that going on. I'm just like, well, damn, Ray. And yeah, Keep going, buddy. Oh, well, no, I was about to say, like, even if that wood was completely faux and whatnot, and it's not, like, the real thing, that hurts after a while. Oh, yeah. And, and plus, doing it in multiple takes, I think that ow at the end wasn't scripted. <laughs> and then, of course, we have this whole thing where uh, Peter has to conform confront to his old demons. And, yeah, this is... Let's face it. Pretty Peter's... much how we'd all respond. Well, that and Peter seems like the most repressed of all of them. Yeah, like, that he finally gets to kind of release let his rage out. And when it does, it's so just he couldn't actually murder a person. But yeah, if you if you had a robot that looked like your greatest enemy, what would you do? Uh, <laughs> that. <laughs> yes, it fucking is. Just like foaming at the mouth, literally. Oh, I love when he goes. He just gets in the stick. <laughs> And then, yeah, and of course, Peter got did get para, and they had to bench him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or at least the poor cop had to bench him, although not in the way that they'd like. Oh, that's. Oh, and sucks. I love that punch your lights out. Yeah. Wait, that another another really good double entendre. See, in comedies, Domino, do the double entendres. Don't be afraid of that shit, you know? Like, that's... that's... Oh, yeah. And you don't have to be like, punch your lights out he just says it you don't know yeah exactly it's ju it's just totally a totally casual thing and not necessarily tongue-in-cheek but it is because they're not drawing attention to it so it's not but it still is Makes... what is it though <laughs> and then of course like i think andy is just done with everything <laughs> i'm really surprised that uh that he just doesn't like punch him right here. well i know he punches him right here and now but why does he just leave him and just fuck off? Because, because he's he, the knight. Well, because he says he doesn't care, but he does care. Like, when you're around toxic people who you really love. 
Yeah. It becomes a thing where you're like, I'm lo- ready to cut you out of my life for good. I love how he just, like, thumps him there without mm-hmm. giving any regard to, like, did he hit his head on the cu- the, the curb or whatnot. Yeah, because he doesn't, he kind of wants to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> he does. He just can't leave him for dead. Also, how do those... He's not Gary. He doesn't leave people for dead. Yes. How does no one see that? See them hiding? They're not exactly well covered, but... That... Because that... That should have spotted them, like, right there. Look, they're not even hiding. They're right there. Well, have you ever tried to look for your short friend at the club? Uh, oh. You gotta look down. Touche. (laughs) Um, yeah, because what are you, like, five foot one? Five foot nothing. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Same height as Queen Victoria. Fun fact. Ah. Oh, the king's head. Uh, I also, did you, I don't know if you know that, but, um. The uh, the portrait of the king on top of that's actually a portrait of Simon Pegg. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did um, notice that. And as a matter of fact, the uh, the bar there's the uh, the machine. Uh, the machines. Shows up in several bars. It the does. machine might show up at every bar. I'm no, it, no, it doesn't no, show up in every bar. The mermaid definitely not. It doesn't show up in every bar, but they definitely show up uh, in several of the bars. Everyone. But um, in this case, the, when the the king's head, uh, they saw that that portrait. They're like, this is awesome. We want to keep it, and they actually changed the name of their bar to the the King's Head. Oh, that's fun. Yes. And then so, the sign in this bar says, "Everyone has a place that makes them happy." Oh, that's really sad. Yes, it is. Oh, that's. And I also really like. I know I missed it earlier, but I really love that we have to get to the beast, but we have to go through. Oh, I don't fucking believe this. Number ten. Yeah. <laughs> like, goddamn it. <laughs> Oh, but Gary, I think you've had enough now. You're you've literally had ten pints. Just, just let it go, okay? Yeah, so close, but just no, don't do it. Well, everybody has to work towards something, and for some people, that thing is just such a nothing thing. Yeah, but but Gary has one goal before he dies. It's the stupidest fucking thing. Ah, uh, don't do it, please don't do it. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> and just like you said before, he's fucking tied. He's just, he, he can't let Gary go. I love this chase Yes. And that's still, and this is the point where I'm like, how are you running? You have literally just had ten pints. And you've had the uh, the fuck beaten out of you time and again. I feel like How are you running? argument between Edgar Wright and the directors or something. Because realistically... Like, if I were Edgar Wright, I'd be pushing for him to be puking this whole time. Yes! He'd be flying back and hitting the blanks in the face. Also, how is he dodging them, nonetheless? Like, I think he'd just bump into them and knock them over. Oh, he should have, because the way he moved, he was just, like, you know, moving through in in and out like a pro, but I just wish he would just, like, you know, almost stubbornly, like, bash his way through. Or just, like, tackle him like this. Um, but, yeah, I'm still, like, how are you guys running? Also, doing a somersault after five shots, how? Andy's a big guy. Well, Andy's a, yeah, that's true. And he has not had enough as uh, the amount of, as Gary has. But still, you're just like, how? Yeah. David Beckham! He's had plenty of drinks, too. But, and he definitely hasn't had as much, like, carbs, like beer. He's had mostly shots and then maybe, like, three beers. So yeah. Less likelihood of, I guess... He was still pretty drunk. I mean, yeah. he did stumble out of that the one bar. Was just just fuck it, and then he stumbles yeah. out and breaks the window. But um, oh, chug, 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 chug. Oh, Fights him up with an umbrella. How chug. 
<laughs> and then, of course, the now, and now we have an actual hole in the wall, <laughs> which I love. All in all, it's just a... Another no, brick in the wall. wall. <laughs> and I love this Another shit. Another pub in the mile. Okay. <laughs> 11 a.m. There was an 11 in that one. Son of a bitch. I, did, I don't think I saw a 10 in the king's head, though. Uh, there might have <laughs> been. It would have been very hidden. It, it yeah. Easy it it would have gone by literally for like half a frame. It which, might have been on the outside of the building. Either, or either that or was in there for literally one frame. Um, which I, I know Edgar Wright does, like like he said with, with the other uh, the nine um, was hard to see. Well, I mean, like a uh, uh, the zombie party gag oh, in yeah. Hot Fuzz, that's in there for literally just a frame. Mm-hmm. Um, chuck and, the map, and then here we have the marmalade sandwich. And I was getting to the point where I was reading the uh, the polls on the beer. Wait, and then yes, again, so sexy, and completely subverted. Boom! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> She is, motherfucker. <laughs> so badass. And then uh, this is probably one of my favorite shots. Look at that glorious beer. Number 12. I lo- even just like down to the... <laughs> Come on, man. Join just... our club. Yes, it even has the join our club, which is another recurring thing. Um, and also the step back in time needle drop. Oh, that one was yeah. awesome. The Kylie Minogue song. I think there's a 12 a.m. behind us too. Yep. Uh, well, no, I think uh, the the 12 was the uh, the the number 12 beer when he opened well, the door. Well, that was there. I think there's also a sign. But there there I probably have to is. Blink again because it was in there for half a blurry frame. You're really you're really just gonna go back and wa- rewatch this movie as soon as this podcast is over and just like take screenshots of oh, all yeah. like because <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a new thing I discovered in this walkthrough. Yes. And we really do. We discover new things every time. It's it's it really is uncanny. I. It, um, uh, only when I'm like only passively watching and not, or just have it in the background or whatever. Cause this, again, this is like one of our comfort movies, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but when I'm like actively watching it, I'm always discovering new things about it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I can not think of a whole lot of other movies that do that to me. And I really wish that there were more people who do that. Um, cause it's so much fun to revisit movies and find these wonderful things. <clears throat> and this is where shit gets really heavy, dude. Mm-hmm. Like... Oh, do you, do you really think that these two characters should Sorry, be together? Sorry, that's my favorite line. I've done <laughs> my wedding out of a robot dummy. <laughs> do you really think these characters should actually be together, though? No, but I feel like they've learned a lot by coming back together and sharing their experiences because they've held on to so much from the past. I think Gary has idealized the past as this, you know, perfect moment, the peak of his existence, and Andy's repressing it and trying Aww. to forget it. So I think them both confronting Aww. the harsh reality. Oh, and that's that's the harshest of the realities right there, dude. Yeah. We'll let them walk away with just a, a better sense of... Yeah, because Gary stops drinking, Andy starts drinking again. Yeah. You know, they... They don't view the past as... Because sometimes when you've been through a phase, whether it's traumatic or even just cringy, you try to push that part of yourself down and say, I'm not going to be that person that I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And that's what Andy's doing Yeah. through the beginning of the film is he doesn't want to see people. He doesn't want to ever drink again. There um, needs to be some kind of medium ground, and that's what they learn from each other. Because mm-hmm. they are... they. Um, they really are. This is the most extreme polar opposites that these two have played against each other, because mm-hmm. you know Sean and Ed were 
you know, both kind of lazy. One was just, you know, one actually kind of gave a shit and the other one did not. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this, this is just taken to a whole new level where it's just not okay for these two to be together but important to learn from them, from yeah. each other. It's important that they met again. And they don't stay friends at the end. Yeah. Gary goes off and does his own thing and is able to order a water. Yeah. And, and oh, have and a I good love, time. I love how the windows here have stars and then the carpeting is the blue and green. Oh, yeah. How about that? Yeah. Drink responsibly. Simply, which yes. is the moral of this movie. It really yes. is. Please drink you responsibly. You don't have to be a teetotaler, but for God's sake, have some know f- how to be sober. <laughs> and also, fucking, if you really are going to binge drink, fucking spread that shit out and put get some water get in there, water. man. Water like, so water and bread. One tap water, please. Yes. One tap water, please. You should have a water between like every drink, Shiley. <laughs> so, and now we get to the big finale where we see the, uh, um, uh, the big, uh, what, do we even know what the, what it's called? Big fuck off light in the, the sky. The big light in the fucking sky. The Legoland cut. <laughs> I love all the insults that he throws at him. Fuck off back to Legoland. <laughs> um, but uh, actually, I even like how they're just loosely parodying how te- time, like how uh, technology is advanced and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can actually, you know what? I actually wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of what these guys are like oh and you know how it's super creepy okay uh what's really ingenious i don't know who this voice actor is but whoever it is it's kind of perfect because it takes a while for you to realize that they're all speaking in the same voice yeah like you really think that they're just like um it's the actors with their own voices just with a different tone but then you realize oh wait no it's not it's not each their voices. Like it's this weird, like like they're both uh, talking at the same time, but with the guys. Yeah, you sober. you really you really don't. Um, when you listen to it, it it feels right because you know it's a very male. But when this happens, you're like, oh wait, were they all the same voice? Mm-hmm. And they totally were. Um, which is weird. Cause I guess you know what I I guess what I'm trying to say is, all British men oh. sound exactly the same. I look in the mirror. He <laughs> stares back at me. And then there's. I'm cute. Oh, oh my God. I know. He's I'm so cute. <laughs> but yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is all British men sound exactly the same, and I would not notice if you swapped their voices. Because <laughs> I honestly, if, first time I watched that, I totally didn't notice that. But of course now, that's not that's Who's the thing. That kid who plays Baby Gary? Um, pretty. I don't. I'm not entirely. Sure. Hey, let me look it yeah. up. Or, I just, beard, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cheating because <laughs> I don't do my research or whatever. Uh, his name's uh, uh, Thomas Law. Thomas Law. Um, apparently he's uh, oh he's on he's also on a BBC soap opera called EastEnders. Oh, so, I know what the EastEnders are. Yeah. So there, there's that little bit. I could not imagine being in a soap opera fandom. No. Like, imagine your show just went on for sixty years. Mm. How would you survive? Mm. <laughs> um. Now, is that the reaction you would give if you were presented your younger self? It, it, you would just like kill it. <laughs> oh, it'd be so cute. Well, I mean, me. would you want to be replaced by that thing though? Well, if if it was a choice between me and it. Yeah. And I was being replaced and I was being killed, then yeah, I would have to kill it. But if it was just about me being the only one of me, I wouldn't mind if a clone who had like equal claim to my identity existed. 
I don't try to think too hard about identity and whatever. So if somebody, like, quantum cloned me and we didn't know who was the original and who was the clone, I yeah. guess, you know, I'm not a philosophy major. I don't give a fuck. Mm. I just really like the fact that, you know, when he punches Maybe it. Maybe we'd make out. <laughs> I expected Gary King to make out. <laughs> With himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would make sense because he's really narcissistic. I just like the fact that he kills his y- younger self almost as, like, this weird it's symbol. poetic. It's yeah. yeah. Letting go of... And then, of course, this whole thing where it finds out that we are, like, the least civilized of the entire galaxy. I believe that. Because one of my favorite Calvin and Hobbes quotes... And I like how the aliens are nice enough to use infogram... Infograms. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> to help us understand. But one of my favorite um, uh, Calvin and Hobbes quotes is... Uh, it's uh, the sh- You know, sometimes I think that the sure sign that intelligent life exists elsewhere in the universe is the fact that none of it has tried to contact us. <laughs> <laughs> so... And I love this too. To err is human, so <laughs> three drunk men. Oh, <laughs> and it's the, the bit I tell you about before. Yes, the three amigos. The three musketeers. Because mm. two died, we still have three. <laughs> I love that shit. That's great. It's only the fucking three musketeers. <laughs> Finally got the number right. Yes, they. Yeah, indeed. It only took for two of their friends to just die. Oh, and I also really love that, uh, you know, human beings are real. It's just so fucked up that they've been having experience, experiencing trouble with the, integrating them. Because let's be honest, human beings are really I'm good. human. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> two. I'm not, but not for how much longer. Basil! <laughs> and and that ball in the Shifty Twins. That's a good name for a band, Gary. You should write that down. I should. <laughs> you know, I really wonder if there is a band out there that has taken all of them. And I told you not to ask that! <laughs> I know you can go online and find a, um, I know a there's fake a... t-shirt for like Bermuda Square and the Aquanazis. Oh, that's awesome. I'm getting that. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I really wonder if there's actually a band out there that just saw this movie and be like, you know, that is a good name for a band. Let's do that. Because, you know what, there's so many independent bands, who knows if there is. And the goal would be for Edgar Wright in the future, when he's making his next movie, to use a song from Ramirez Ramos and the Aquanazis. Yes, just like, oh my god, there's so totally a band that was inspired by the piece of shit that, name that I put in my movie. Great, can I use one of your songs? <laughs> there's more than one Gary King! I know what I fucking said! <laughs> turning into such children i love the it the earth is the gary king of the universe <laughs> yes it's... fuck off back to legoland you cunts it's one of my favorite start, things stop start, start bucking us, us <laughs> it's a galactic arseholes that's <laughs> 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 so angry <laughs> i don't know why such childish antics make me laugh <laughs> maybe it's just because i'm a child at heart or whatever oh, yeah. Oh, and then, of course, there's this. We want to be free to do what we want to do. We want to get loaded. (laughs) We want to have a good good time. That's really all that, you know, like people you and I want to do. We just want to be free, have a good time, and get loaded. Yeah. Yeah, good times. 
You'll be left to your own devices. Really? <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> I love that. Just fuck it. I love hearing like this intergalactic, like wise mind be like, just fuck it. <laughs> because they just know that they're just literally that bad of an oh, influence. I, I love it. <laughs> You just gotta leave disaster people alone. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like Gary King self-destruct. Like Gary King be Gary King. Yeah, Ooh. pretty much. Although I really wonder why, you know, them just leaving suddenly somehow triggers like a an like explosion, a-, a meltdown thing. I mean, you'd think that just like the power would fall off. Oh, also, did he, it was really in there for just like half a second, but did you see that one where it fell on the head and you see it bust open? Oh, yes. That was Oman, which is makes it the same injury it does, so it's all more the more unrecognizable oh, right, later. Oh, right, because it comes back again. Yes. And they break him again. Yeah. So that it, it so for you know people that would probably complain like why is he like that again? He got repaired. They showed it. It was in there for like half a second, but it was there. And this is literally you know the percentage of the fam uh, the uh, the planet just like you assholes fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> What runs away? I love that actor. I mean, just yeah, he, he just kind of plays a crabby old man, but he's like it's a fun crabby old man. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. well, he, I, he, I think they, um, I think uh, Edgar Wright was watching uh, him play uh, Algus Finch, and saw him that one great scene in uh, I think it was Harry Potter four, where he runs into the Great Hall, <laughs> in this really awkward run. And then he whispers something to Dumbledore, he nods, and then he runs awkwardly back. And Edgar Wright's like, can you do that again? Because that was really funny. <laughs> uh, someone on the internet, I will not say which site because I forget, yeah. said, like, Albus Dumbledore, an all-powerful wizard, employs a, per- a magical person who can't do magic, a squib, to do all the manual labor. Oh, like, that's shitty! Yeah! It's that's like, shitty! Yeah, employ the squib, but you leave the non-magical person. Do manual labor. Mm. Do all the manual labor. And I, I guess well, okay. I get why he was so crabby that character. Oh, well, yeah. Now you understand why the crabby was so character. But honestly, you really have to think about. Like, imagine what? if you spent like twenty minutes cleaning like a bathroom, and then somebody came in and spilled something, and you're like, I just spent twenty oh, minutes fuck cleaning snakes that. Slime. I don't have magic, you shits. And then that kid just went, Oh, don't worry about it. And cleaned it all up instantly. And he's like, After "Fuck he just you!" Spent like forty fucking minutes. Yeah. Uh, well, honestly, I think the argument is is that he, uh, he he because he's a squib, he's having a hard time getting hired anywhere else. Yeah. So Dumbledore just took pity on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, when you get to live in a castle, that's kind of a good gig. I'd take Not that. Not if you're cleaning the castle. You know how dirty like stone buildings get. That's you know how dirty teenagers get? I guess that's what, I guess oh that's... Oh my god, do you know the limits of magical masturbation? Because you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and plus it's Hogwarts too, so you got like, sp- giant spider, spider eggs, snakes, oh giant my snakes, skin, yeah. just random Imagine trolls coming a, in. Uh, like a spider egg sack the size of your head and being like, Done. Yeah. Well, see, now the thing about the world's end is, um, yeah, so now they've finally gone to, uh, so yeah, and we're now at the very end of the movie where... They literally paint the town red. Yep. I really love, I even love how they lit the whole set as red. Like they did, they just didn't, you know, put the whole place on fire, but they literally even put these obviously very tinted colors, uh, lights around to give it that red look for the apocalypse. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, and I also love how it's the exact same hill where, you know, Gary was like, this is the beginning of my life right here, you know? And of course, this is, it seems very fitting that this is where, you know, those two reconcile and just kind of have one last moment together before they part, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He destroyed his younger self. He destroyed Newton Haven. Now, this is the part where a lot of people have... He destroyed his entire past. Yeah. yeah, this is the part where a lot of people have some issues with the movie. Like, they just tell you sort of what happens and not really show anything. Which, I guess, can be improved on. I mean, what do you think? Like, I think that the main story is the main story. And they have... You have your intro explanation and you have your exit explanation. I love how was, there's two different lenses. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're right. I guess I understand that you want to see a little bit more of this, but it detracts from like the core story, which is the pub crawl itself. Yeah, I could so, see taking this out of it and just cutting to Gary in the pub. But I think the last thing I'd want to see is world building in this post-apocalypse. Yeah. It's... Uh, because you're literally at the end of the movie now. Yeah. A lot you, of these it, things are genre spheres anyway, so you just, just assume it's Fallout. Mm-hmm. Easy to do. Yeah, just like pick a style of apocalypse and just run with it. Yeah. Because um, if important. you start world building here, you're going to be like, the audience is going to be like, no, the movie just started to get really interesting. Let's keep going. Like, no, we need to cut it off. Yeah. So um, I can see where this... Cornetto! <laughs> I can see where this ending wouldn't be very satisfying to people. But if anything, I would change it by having less instead of more. Yeah. I yeah. could see just cutting to Gary. I, if you had to, I suppose. But, but I still kind of want to hear... Well, I want to hear the closure to all these characters, you know? Because we've spent a good time with them and we kind of like them, you know? Um, I especially like Andy's character. He's probably my favorite out of all three of uh, the characters in um, uh, in each of these movies. Uh, and I really love this moment here where the they throw a piece in and <laughs> that that is Martin Freeman in real life, yes. people. Like he's that's just him. He is constantly pissed off. Such a grump, and he will constantly give you the finger. Oh, it's the same people from before that he was trying to sell a house. Yes, it totally is. Same That's couple. right. Yes, I love that. And he's, and I love the soccer ball head. Um, <laughs> and I really love the fact that it's like, do they really even notice? Or maybe they just don't want to. So <laughs> That's a really cool hand puppet. So, But I, I, yeah, I just really love that. And of course, Sam and Steve get together in the end. That's nice. Even though we did see that coming, totally. But that is a really nice shack. Oh, yeah. I want to live there. That'd yes. Be nice. I that would be nice. It's, um, and, of course, then we have to hear about Gary. Because, yeah. I wonder where Gary would go from here. I think one of the, the interesting things is he stopped drinking, but he's also held on to his old friends in that memory like he adopts his crew yes and travels around with them so in a way he hasn't love completely this. moved on yeah so it's harder to read the moral but these guys are gonna go on adventures yeah and he's gonna become an urban legend i fucking love the sword <laughs> i like how one has a guitar that's stevie yeah. prince yes yeah. of course he got his he got his uh, guitar back i bet he sold drugs to buy the guitar <laughs> no he just stole the guitar and gave <laughs> he it to. Stole he, it. no he stole the guitar to give it back to him 
Um, because he feels guilty that he sold it to buy drugs. Aww. And I also, the human. Oh, the same creepy twins again. Yeah, I don't think it was, no, think wait, you, no, 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 it, don't, it is the same creepy twins, but the ones that appear in all three films. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. I love that. Not the same as the twins from Two-Headed Dog. No, 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 but that's cool. I love it. And I love how Mad Max the, uh, meets Western, the, oh, the costumes yeah. are. Five waters. Again, going back to the whole uh, men in face paint ordering waters. I love this shit. And also, does he always have to be so dramatic when presenting? I like that he shaved his beard. That's, yeah, but does he always have to be so dramatic when he presents, when he orders his drinks? Shakespeare, Dumas, or Cabaret, or whatever. Yes, because he's Gary King. He's the fucking dramatic man. (laughs) <laughs> I kind of want to watch that bar fight, honestly, because I want to see what happens. I want to see if he does get his uh, his drink. I love Gary. Absolutely line. gets his drink. Yes. Who Just, are we who are we kidding? Gary gets his drink. Yeah, he probably does. Um, although, <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Written by Simon Pegg and Edgar. Oh uh, yeah, right. I love I, the aesthetic of that post-apocalypse. Same here. Nice. So now, would you want to see? Because uh, I know we talked about like you know this is already uh, a trilogy in and of itself, but would you want to see a sequel to any of these? To all three? Yeah, to e- any one of the the Cornetto a trilogy. Fourth Cornetto. Well, not necessarily a fourth Cornetto, because that would imply just like a brand new, but just like a continuation of the story of one of these films. I would watch a small crime of the week series. With uh, Nick Angel and Danny Butterman. But would you want to go back to like this? This to this post-apocalypse, or I feel to... like it would have to become its own genre where it's talking about the apocalypse. Oh no! Wait, Stephen Price. Yay! There's no. Nope, there's Nick Angel. Yay! No, but they said that there's another super. No, no that was the music. Person. He did the score. Oh, okay. The music supervisor, the one who gets the the music to because it's Stephen for Price the anyway. But I thought that that was no. another character name. No, thing. but. That's cool. Nicholas Angel's back. Yay. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, that's... Yeah. And You'd have to find another... Th- these movies have themes and points and how the characters develop. So, do you want to see Gary King develop from here? I think we've gotten Gary King's arc. Yeah. And honestly, uh, at that point, you know what I think? Uh, I would be okay if he died in that fight with his, 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 his bros. Yeah. Because... At that point, now that he's completed his life, he's like, well, I can die now. I just need a good death. Oh, yeah. He'd be happy that way. But I, I'd like to see, if I were imagining it, I'd imagine this comical, violent, like, little bar, like, fight. And then he sits down and he has the water in the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting down in this completely destroyed bar, drinking his water and being like, thanks, mate. <laughs> just, I feel like that's more in the spirit And then just pimps it. away into the sunset. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Becoming a slowly, like, an urban legend. Uh, they call me pe- the king. People yes. writing folk songs. The song. king of legend. Pe- <laughs> people writing folk songs about him and you know, epic ballads. That's what ballads. they need to do is just follow his story for the next Fallout game so it doesn't suck. You know, <laughs> that, you know what? For the next Fallout game, Simon Pegg, get a bit part as Gary King. Gary that would be king awesome. Be Fallout just Whatever, no, just like one. a just like a cameo in the, in the movie in the uh, the game. That's it. That would be actually kind of cool. You'd just be an NPC. That, yeah, sure. Why not? NPC. And you and you see like uh, his his drones in the background. <laughs> They're just like, or at least what remains of them. Because <laughs> let's be honest, 
Blanks take quite a beating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... It's implied that they get repaired, but now that the, uh... The network's gone? Yeah, they're pretty easy to kill. Yeah. They just get repaired. So, but that's, but that is really essentially it for the Cornetto trilogy, and this is still my absolute favorite one to watch, because, see, Shaun of the Dead is really great, um, but it doesn't, I don't know, for some reason, it just doesn't have the, uh, the same, oh, there's, there's just something about The World's End that just makes this one my favorite, because Hot Fuzz, I will still continue to say, is the best of the trilogy, mm -hmm. but The World's End holds a special place in my heart. Well, there's... I'm probably a little bit biased for the, uh, you know, the drinking game and all the memories that I've had watching of this. But at the same time, uh, I also think it's just so fucking ballsy to tell your audience exactly what's going to happen in the first 10 minutes of the movie. And yet you're still, con you're still completely what the fuck surprised or WTF surprised, depending on who you're talking to. Um, and you're still like wondering how the hell this is going to end. <laughs> So, I think that's probably the main reason why. There's a lot more ups and downs in it. I think the laughs are really big, and the serious moments are pretty good, yeah. Serious. Yeah, for uh, out of all of three of them, I think these have the most serious moments because this is that's when it really gets real. Yeah. You know? Um, I think the most real it's gotten outside of this is when Sean kills his mom. Yeah, Barbara's death and then uh, Gary's, like, the reveal of his arms of a suicide attempt. Is, those are, like, the two kind of really? moments. And you can do stuff like that in a comedy. It doesn't always have to be mistaken identity jokes over and over, but you have to... It's really hard to balance out serious, serious stuff with, mm -hmm. you know, it's... not creating tonal dissonance. Mm-hmm. But I also also did you notice the uh, the, the name of the bar at the very end of the, the other movie the Rising Sun, Sun? Rises? yeah yeah which is kind of it's a new chapter for Gary King and yeah, that just felt really appropriate I still want to do like a uh, probably you know what would be actually really fun to do is like a year long pub crawl where we look for bars with the same name and go to them in the order um, no matter where they are in the world we just go there. Oh, we just over the fly over the course of a year. Because you want to go to the World's End in there's there, one in London. Yes, right? there is an actual bar called the World's End in Cambridge, just outside London. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been wanting to go there. Like, I, I'm not really a fan of beer. I'm I, I I have to admit on the air that I drink like a 17 uh, year old high school student. A high school girl. A high school girl, like a 17-year-old a girl uh, who just started drinking. I go for the frou-frou drinks, and uh, I have a very low tolerance, and um, if I chug too fast, I get way, I just get hammered. So I am a pathetic, pathetic lightweight, considering I'm on the verge of like 260, 270 pounds. Oh, yeah, and you six foot three. literally twice as much as me, and I can drink more than you. I know, it's, it's hilarious. Fun. It's really hilarious, so, um, but... Yeah, I'm not really that big of a fan of beer, but to go to the world's end and have a drink with the my equivalent to Simon Pegg, I will gladly slap him down a beer. And I'll then, get you something citrusy, man. Whatever. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> Did you know that lingers on the tongue? Ah. <laughs> yes, one that lingers on the tongue. Wonderful. That was my nickname in high school. Ah! ah. Good. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to go to the World's End bar in Cambridge and slap down a um, a really good authentic uh, beer pint. Because also, let's face it, the English have much better pints than they do here in America. 
Like, like, like as far as beers go, is, is from what I'm saying. Well, you can track down good beers if you know how to look for them. Well, if I mean, in you, general... If you order a Bud Light every time, you're going to be disappointed every that, time. It, Well, that's what, I'm, what I mean. It's like, generally speaking, most English pubs, they have a much better beer selection than we do here in America. Generally speaking, at least that's what I've been told. I wouldn't know because I drink at home and we've got a good, good enough craft brewery scene around here that... You can go to the Kroger and pick up a good selection. I can pick yeah. up a great selection of crap beer. And then especially in Cincinnati, I'm going to fight you on this, is I like a lot of our breweries. <laughs> uh, maybe the average bar in, in average America, but I don't know. I, I don't go to normal bars. I go to bars that make the beer, so. Well, either way, I will gladly slam down a beer on uh, in the world's end, uh, even to the point where I get hammered, so that way in the morning I can try Edgar Wright's Hangover Cure, the Cornetto Ice Cream. Yeah, yes, that, especially if you go to the UK, because Cornetto's delicious. Yeah, oh, that's that's literally the main, like one of the main reasons why I want to go to London is simply to try the Cornetto ice cream because, god damn it, I want I, I crave one so fucking bad. Um, the closest that we get that we have here is, are the uh, the drumsticks. Oh yeah, yeah, and those aren't they just make better ice cream there. They do. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, it, it, you mentioned it was like mostly because of their dairy, right? That's what I thought. I thought it was just good ice cream. Oh, well, um, no, I mean, like, in general, like, I in think Britain, that they have fresher ingredients in Britain than they do in the U.S. Yeah, well, also, it's because, uh, Cause but you I remember... can just eat straight cheese, and they were giving me shit for just eating straight cheese, and I'm like, but it's good, though. You don't have to mix 12 ingredients together <laughs> to make it taste good. Well, you mentioned, uh, I think it was, uh, it was either, um, outside the podcast or one of the previous episodes that, um, Britain just has really good dairy. They do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> that wasn't a fart that was <laughs> that was martha being martha right. speaking of events that we'd want to go to aren't we going to one next week in the local area that will be here um i don't think at the esquire oh yes that's right to, to come see us and come see the room uh yeah, the, we're, <laughs> yeah we're, there's a an independent theater uh the esquire um not too far from uh where we are uh it's called the Esquire Theater, and they're going to be showing a screening of The Room, and we're going to bring our football and uh, plastic spoons and tuxedo shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be a good time. But any the thing about The World's End, though, is... Uh, yeah, so any final thoughts for you guys for The World's End or the Cornetto Trilogy in general? Uh, we'll probably be doing a podcast on this again to rewatch it another time. Uh, I don't know if we're... No, <laughs> we're probably not going to do a repeat episode, but we're, we'll be talking about these movies literally till the end of time. Oh, yeah. You know? You just have to bring them out until once the every three end. years. Yes, exactly. <laughs> until the world's end. We're going to be bringing them from Sean till... Du uh, du dust till Sean. <laughs> um, it, fr fr uh, from the Sean... To the hot fuzz and to the end of the world. To the end of the world. We will be talking about these movies. For all um, the hot fuzz to the end of the world. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, you guys got any last thoughts about the movie or just like the whole trilogy in general? Nothing that I haven't said over the course of these last Rock podcasts. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, being, they're really good. They're some of my favorites. Yep. And they, they will always be one of my favorite comfort movies, so... Um, but if you folks listening back home uh, have like a movie idea, suggestion, give us a comment or a holler on Facebook or whatever, and we'll see if we can try to incorporate it. Just like, you know, because we love watching movies, we love talking uh, to each other during movies, and we just like sharing little tidbits that you might not have known or, or just like little bits of in nuggets of information that are just wonderful to have and listen to. So I think with that... 
uh, we're going to sign off and we'll see you uh, next week for another, a very special episode, actually, where uh, it's going to be me and a guest star of mine. Uh, we're going to be versing each other in Batman v Superman. Fight of the century. Yeah, because uh, I am not a fan of that movie. He is. And uh, we're gonna talk, and we're gonna talk about why he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Both sides. No, he's definitely wrong. And I'm in going to. In this corner, the lover. In this corner. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. The non-lover. I don't know. Let's, let's... <laughs> the controversy. Yeah. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's we'll save it for the next episode. But in the meantime, we will say good night to you people. And you, this has been an episode of Contract where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Peace, bitches. Are you done? Yes. You sure? I'm free to do what I want. Any old time. Comtrack is hosted by Tim, Hannah, and me, Martha, and was originally created by Tim Lifehite. If you have any questions or suggestions for a future show, leave us a comment or reach us at comtrack.podcast.gmail.com. Like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page. This has been an episode of Comtrack where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Thank you and good night. <laughs>